Coming up on episode 99 of Pixel Gaiden. Tim has a morning beer with us. We enjoy a sound effect game show. Battle of the 32-bit brawlers. The boys pour one out for their homies. But is Wild Beer Company really dead? We talk arcade art and Evercade. Some new Nintendo Switch games are played. Some developers on Steam get paid. And Cody runs out of rhymes. And we are back, ladies and gentlemen, for the second episode of Pixel Gaiden in January 2023. My name is Cody Hoffman. And I am Eric Nelson. And if you were listening last episode, you will uh, know that we talk about all kinds of incre- insanely cool retro video game talk, retro-inspired video game talk, and also apparently um, incense? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you think you would have learned your lesson with the mandal. The oh the man I see I I still enjoy my mandals, which are <laughs> for the for the uninitiated are clearly man candles. Um, it, it's a it is a company I'm going to create. Uh, so, um, the patchouli in the last episode was a bit intense. Yeah, the, what are you going the, with the now? Patchouli entrance. So uh, so this time I I ignited a new stick of incense, which uh is called first rain. Oh okay that, that first that's- rain. That sounds like something I can get behind. So it's um, a very clean smell. It's very yeah. soapy. I would yeah, say of soapy. Yeah. Um, not bad. It does make me, uh, all, I mean, I guess a lot of them do. I feel like I'm hanging out with a bunch of, uh, of hipsters and hippies uh, who are on various <laughs> hallucinogenic drugs, and I'm just kind of, I, I'm kind of getting a contact high. That's kind of the vibe I'm feeling right now. All right. Uh, yeah, this is, this one's all right. This one's all right. Sounds least, peaceful. Yeah, I have I have a second stick lined up for when this one runs out in about forty five minutes, and we'll talk about dragon's blood later. Eric. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all the, all these come from the the real product, by the way. This is pulled straight from the first rain of the year. It's yeah. where the scent came from, and dragon's blood was pulled straight from the veins of a living dragon. Perfect. So, Yes, it's going to be amazing. Uh, nonetheless, uh, you're here on Pixel Guide N, meaning you're listening to uh, two guys who are stuck in the past and uh, still like to talk about games of yesteryear, um, but also inspired games that are modern, but inspired from yesteryear. Yes. Uh, we are part of the Amigos Retro Gaming Network, which also includes such amazing shows as Amigos, Everything Amiga, ARG Presents, Sprite Castle, and more. Um Coming up on the show, we are, of course, going to start out with some quick questions, which we like to answer from our adoring fans and ourselves. Uh, and we are going to hop on into Eric's take this week, in, in which, Eric, you talk about the most exciting topic we've ever discussed on the show, <laughs> podcast gaming workflow. That's right. I just wrote that because I didn't know what to call it, but it is 
talking about how I play games for the show, uh, like what equipment I use, um, how they're all kind of set up and connected in in my gaming room. Um, I think it's interesting stuff. So it is. Uh, I'm excited to hear it. All right. Um, if you missed last episode, I had a Cody's corner where I talked about the uh, the third installment of Cody's Genesis Shmup Shooters segment, where I cover every single Genesis Shmup. And uh, Tea Time with Tim, he talked about 10-minute MSX retrocast MSX computer. Uh, but to round out our show today, Tim will be joining us after that. Uh, we'll have ourselves a game show. We're going to have a catch-up where we talk about what we've been up to. And uh, we're going to have a battle of the systems between a couple of great 32-bit brawling games. Right, Eric? Which games were those? So those two games are Guardian Heroes on the Sega Saturn and... Uh, Captain Commando, Commando, on the, uh, PS1 slash arcade. Um, I'll allow either one for that I'll battle. But, and by the way, on your Genesis shooters segments, I have played a couple of the ones that you highly rated, and you nailed it. You liked it. You liked. They were both very good. The ones that I tried. Do you remember the names of either of them or any well, the of them? One, the one that I played the most was Glay Lancer. That, is that the name? Glay Lancer. Clay Lancer, and that one was fantastic. I don't remember the name of the other one. I played another one. Hellfire was one. What was it called? Hellfire. No. That one was really good. I think there was um, one other one you said. Um, anyways, I don't know. On, anyway, our last, on our last episode, which you haven't heard yet, uh, Eric, at this point at time of recording, um, right. but I kind of wrap up my top five Genesis Shmups after playing them all. Okay. So check that out. Uh, but until then, let's hop right into quick questions. Quick questions. First question this week will come from our one and only Eric. Yes. So this one is actually from um, something that HSI on our Discord, he mentioned it in, it wasn't in the context of a quick question, but I morphed it into that. We look at you balling um, up for us. He had an interesting idea that Evercade should release packs with new games for old systems. Um, yes. I.e. Eye of the Beholder, Sarah Jane Avery games, blah, blah, blah. What system would you like to see covered in a pack um, in that vein or, or maybe by author? So either by like maybe new MSX games, let's say, or maybe a particular author that you would like to see all their games included in a pack. That's actually, I mean, uh, that is a really cool idea first and foremost. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, and they, they'd be so good. All these modern games for retro systems are always so good. Honestly, to try to get like a big hit uh, for Evercade, I th- I mean, I would love to spearhead that with you, Eric. Maybe we should make, go out and tr- get ourselves a win and just say, Hey, uh, I know they're doing C64 now, right? They have they have yep. the blue cartridges for for classic C64 games. Yep. What if we came out with a blue cartridge, which was like, you know, the best of the last couple of years on just eight bit computers in general? See, I don't know. I don't know. Obviously, I can do Commodore. The Evercade set up with some sort of Commodore emulator, or however they do it. I don't know if they have the MSX. I don't know if they have um, some of the other shit, the Atari eight bits. But man, I can think of I could easily pull out like thirty games that I'd be like, if you put this on a cart, like this should be a hit. Like even right. people who've never played on these systems before 
would love these games. Yeah. And, um, and you mentioned some of the big ones right there. You know, Juan Martinez has a couple of great games. Night Night's got to be on there. Orc could be on there. Sarah yep. James Avery, Avery shooters uh, absolutely have to be on there. The, um, the Briley Rich Chronicles could be on there. Um, Happy Coder with all of his cool ZX Spectrum games. Yes. Um, yeah, like an eight, well, I agree with you, like an 8-bit best of last five years or last 10 years even. Um, probably Raven. five years. I love Raven on the Atari yeah. bit that came out recently. Um, yeah. I think it'd be really cool. I think you would have to change the um, the character, but I think if uh, whoever made that amazing uh, Wreck It Ralph game on the Commodore, oh yeah, uh, if we replaced Wreck It Ralph with you know another character or whatever, so they could release it on that because that game was its own thing. Um, the person who made that game, it was its own thing, obviously based off the movie which was based off of a fake idea of a game. Yeah. Man, that is a brilliant game on the on the Commodore. It really is. Yeah. That's a so, cool idea. I like it. I think HS, HSI is on to something there, and that would be a fantastic collection. And as as the leading experts here on Pixel Guide, and I think we could co- curate like a perfect cartridge. Perfect. perfect. You have a sound for that. I do. Let me see. Oh, my thing locked. Ah, locked up. Perfect. I'll do it for you. Thank you. There we go. I'll read the next quick question, which came from uh, one of our listeners and fellow friends on Discord, Pajaco6502, which, if I had any doubt before of where he lived, is clearly not in America because he spelt favorite wrong. Uh, <laughs> what is your favorite uh, arcade art, side art, bezel, marquee, etc.? And if there are home ports of the game, do you like the box art? This is a pretty niche question. This, this it means- is. It's 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 for people who actually uh, love games to the point where they enjoy the what, what do you call that the uh, Ethereum what's, yeah. what's the word yeah no the, what, I think you what, got it right is that the right word okay yep um, so I'm going to answer this question first because um, when it comes to the box chart I have no idea um, right nothing sticks out in my mind yeah. uh, I'm sure I've seen some of them but nothing sticks out usually the the arc old games so this kind of falls into that that thing that kills me like i remember being a kid and seeing in the genesis era which is like mid 1990s miss pac-man coming out on the genesis i'm like this is a 15 year old game why would i care about miss pac-man you know and of course now i have a love for it but i still to this day i can't understand games that old coming out on cartridges for a system that much more advanced anyways um so i'm gonna have a i'm gonna have a lame answer for this and i think a lot of arcade games honestly are pretty ugly Mm -hmm. i understand they're supposed to get you wow you while you're in the arcade and make you want to go up and grab it and obviously they're typically dark arcades and neon and everything enhances but as far as like the look and the art of a game i would lean towards like one of those and i don't even know if it's the original or what it is but one of those original pac-man games where the side art was that wood grain. Yeah. It's just that like panel of wood grain and then the bright yellow on the front. That contrast makes the whole unit itself kind of look like a piece of art where I think a lot of games kind of in the mid 80s on more or less just became kind of funky, huge, chunky boxes that were kind of very um, just plastered with random art that just kind of looked okay. Yeah. You know, uh, 
but I know a, Pong, the original Pong was exactly like that. Like it had the wood grain on the side and yellow on the front. Yeah, yeah. And I'd have to look it up, but I don't want to have to look it up because that, that, the question was like, what is your favorite arcade art? Which means it has to stick out in my mind without me looking up art, yeah. arcade art. So my answer, I love that wood grain and the the contrast between the bright yellow and the wood grain, super 70s and super uh, yeah. of the era. So it almost becomes a, a piece of art itself, the whole the whole unit. That's my answer. I'm going to start off this one with the last thing he said was, if there are any home ports of the game, do you like the box art? Um, I, I just don't remember any. I, I got to be honest. I don't remember any of them. But some of my favorite box art of all time was like the old SSI games on Commodore 64, like War Game Construction Set and, and stuff like that. Um, another one was Ultima had a great box art. Um, but I honestly just don't. I don't think I have any favorites per se, but as far as arcade art, um, one of my favorites, and this is going to sound cheeky because we talk about it all the time on the show, but the burger time, um, arcade cabinet, if you remember, that is a cool cabinet. You're right. It has a picture of a chef on the side, but his hat is the top of the, it's shaped like, like on the side panel, it follows the shape of his hat. Yeah. And I always, when I saw, whenever I'd see that in the arcade, I always thought that was so cool. Um, and in then fact, another one arcade, was the Arcade 1-Up remade that game, and they have that shape and everything, which is why uh, it's probably one of my favorite Arcade 1-Ups. Yeah, yeah. So I'll look it up real quick, but yeah, continue. Yep, exactly. So um, that one I remember standing out as one that I thought was really cool just because the shape of the cabinet was his hat. So I thought that was really neat. Um, and then the that other is. one was... Um, the, uh, the sit down star Wars one, um, it yep. just had pictures of star Wars crap on it, like Darth Vader and <laughs> X wing and stuff like that. But I do remember, yeah, there we go. See, that's, that's not really, that's cool. That's a cool. Way cool. Um, we're, we're looking at the burger time one right now. Yeah. The burger time one with this hat that is the shape on the side panels. I, I like that. I think the color looks really cool on that. And we're looking at the arcade up one version of it, which is uh, inspired by it, but obviously not identical. It's funny yep. too, though, because the game is included in this. First of all, it's got four, four joysticks on one small arcade cabinet, which is pretty crazy. Yeah. Uh, but includes Karate Champ, Caveman Ninja, Bad Dudes. It's yeah, a weird that, mix of games. They're all data that, east, obviously, but um, that is a weird mix. Um, so I'd say those two are my favorite, like the Star Wars sit down and the, uh, I, I did like even the the detail inside the like when you sat down in the Star Wars one, like the the little logo that was on the steering, like the the yoke. Um, yeah, I just liked everything about that, like all the colors and all the. It was almost like futuristic seventies art. Yeah, if that makes sense. Um, and then, so anyway, and, that's that's probably what I would say. And then that weird cluster of colors on the floor that smelled like vomit. Exactly. That was vomit. <laughs> Actually, looking at this real quick, the Tron one comes to mind. It's pretty unique, that, that Tron. Um, yeah. But yeah, when I look at kind of my era arcade games, the Simpsons and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, they all kind of look the same. They're all the same yeah. cut out, just different art pasted on the side, which is all, you know, uh, licensed and, you know, looks just like it does on TV. Nothing particularly exciting. Yeah. So Rampage is pretty cool. Um that is it for quick questions at this point. So that's it. Yep. Um, but it does make me wonder 
and I'm not sure why it makes me want to Eric, but if I if I were to go, I would love a Commodore 64, but I want one twice as good. And I went out and bought myself a Commodore 128 computer. Yeah. Let's say I needed some stuff for that computer. Where would I go? You would go to RetroRewind.ca. RetroRewind.ca, you say? Chances are, if you're going to get a Commodore 128 these days, <laughs> for a reasonable, pro- reasonable price, something's probably going to be wrong with it. So yep. Yep. how are you going to diagnose what's wrong with it for a quick and easy fix? How are you going to do that? Well, first of all, uh, if you have a Commodore 64, you probably already have a diagnostic cart for that, but maybe you don't. Uh, Maybe you have a harness so you can check all the keyboard ports and all the various ports on that thing, but maybe you don't. Uh, If you don't, Retro Rewind CA has you covered, Uh, but if you specifically have the Commodore 128 as well, they have a diagnostic cart for that, which covers the Commodore 64 and the 128, and they have the same harness for for the Commodore 64, which can also work for your 128, um, but you can also throw in the C128 keyboard dongle, which uh, helps you um, adapt that harness to your Commodore 128 computer and uh, check the keyboard there with your with your Commodore 128, which is which is you know I I don't know where to get Commodore 128 stuff outside of RetroRewind.ca. I mean that's there's not a whole lot out there. No. Um, so Frank's got all the good stuff here, including another item, which you might want. And these are pretty straightforward, but I can't tell you how many times I've grabbed myself a, a disk drive, a 1541, to plug into my C64, or in your case, also a C128, and uh, can't find the cable, or uh, you've got the cable but doesn't have the right number of pins. Uh, you want to pick up a cable? You want a new cable? You want one that works? $15 right there at RetroRewind.ca. You can grab yourself a cable as well. Um, and while and you're that's at it, a deal, that's a deal. 15 bucks for that cable. And right? not to mention, it's not just for like the 1541. It's also for like the modern peripherals, like the Pi 1541 or the Ultimate 1541. Yeah. They still need an IEC cable because it still plugs into there. So load up on these, grab two or three of them. Anything you could want for your Commodore computers, your uh, your even if you, you have a Commodore 16 or a Plus 4, uh, the modern, or I shouldn't say modern, but more modern Amiga Commodore computers. Um, and hey, why not throw in a good splash of Tandy Color Computer stuff? Yep, Frank's got all that there at RetroRewind.ca, uh, as well as being able to do some repairs and give you capacitor kits to freshen up your beast before it blows up on you. Uh, and Eric, I don't know if you know this, but our viewers, our listeners, I always say viewers, our listeners have a leg up on the competition because they have a special code they can use to get 10% off their entire order at RetroRewind.ca. Do you know what it is? That is PG10. PG10. And make sure you're logged in when you pop that code in there and you'll get 10% off your already super low price at Retro Rewind. And I'm always amazed how low his prices are already. You get 10% off. Uh, of, the, of the already low prices. So you're in good shape. Absolutely. Great place to get stuff. And uh, make sure you go ahead and hop over there. Use that code. Tell Frank that Cody and Eric sent you and Tim. That's right. And we want to th- say thank you once again to our show sponsor, RetroRewind.ca. Perfect. You can get show information on our podcast at pixelguiden.com. You can also listen to our show on the Amigos Retro Gaming Network at anchor.fm forward slash Amigos Podcast. You can reach us on Twitter 
using at pixel underscore guide you can reach eric at the project that's at d-u-h-p-r-o-j-e-c-t and you can reach cody at oddball which is at o-d-d-b-a-1149 you can also reach me that's tim at sanxion and that's at s-a-n-x-i-o-n Please review us on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or any of the other podcatchers that you use. It really helps us out. You can email us on podcast at pixelguiden.com. And we love any feedback. And also, please let us know if we've done anything wrong and we'll mention it on the next show. We also have a Patreon account set up, so if you wish to support the show financially, you can do so at patreon.com forward slash pixelguiden. You can support us with as little as a dollar all the way up to infinite dollars. If you do so, you'll get access to the Amigos Retro Network Discord server, where all kinds of cool chat is happening about not only our show, but the other shows such as Bright Castle and, of course, the Amigos, um, amongst other shows. And there's various other topics in there. Um, everything from for sale to music to uh, high score contests, things like that. If you support us at the $3 or more tier, we like to announce every supporter at that level here on the show in a way that we can only do here on Pixel Guide and using our random adjective generator. And this month, it's time to stretch our vocal cords.
This is Eric Nelson with another Eric's Take. Uh, I think this month I'm going to play it a little loose again on uh, doing a segment that's just going to be off the cuff here. And this was a series of ideas that I had early on in the year and I never got to them. But I wanted to kind of pull the curtain out and start doing some of my Eric Takes on actually what it takes to do the podcast. Uh, Whether it's what I do to prepare for it, uh, the technical parts of getting, you know, the show together, um, things like that. Thought I might even be able to get Cody and Tim involved in that to see how they do things differently and maybe how Cody edits it, things like that. And maybe we can do that throughout the year or so. But really, I want to focus this particular um, segment on what I do uh, to prepare for the show in regards specifically to playing the games that we play. So we are obligated, each of us, um, Tim's a little different because he, sh- he shows up on um, the second show of every month. Uh, and sometimes he does six good games. Sometimes he does the Battle of the Systems. He's been doing more Battle of the Systems lately. So um, I think that's kind of what's in my mind. But uh, the, the most about Tim's participation on that. But basically, we are obligated to play five games. Two for Battle of the Systems that we're battling against each other. And then we have six good games. And what usually I pick three, Cody picks three. Or if Tim decides that that's the segment he wants to do, then we each get to do two. Now, so that's the that's the main obligation is five games. But... There's always so many more games, and few of the reasons are because we'll do like our catching up segment, and maybe we'll have played different games we download on Switch or on Steam or even retro games that we're interested in. I know I get a lot of ideas uh, of games to play from both Tim and Cody just listening to the show because the one thing we don't really do is we don't talk a ton other than when we're doing the show. Um, we do text and we talk uh, a bit, but really not about gaming as much. We just kind of save that for the show. So um, really when I hear like, you know, uh, like Tim talking about a Commodore 64 game he played or Cody talking about a new Switch game he played that sounds really great, I really take those games to heart because obviously – they wouldn't have mentioned them on the show unless they were fun or important to them in some way. And so I actually play a ton of games that they recommend. And then sometimes I end up talking about that on the next month's show. Um, So I play a lot of those games so that I can mention them in catching up. So you can add two or three more games to that list. Um, And then of course, you know, just just playing games in general. I mean, sometimes there are just games I want to play for myself or I play with friends or whatever. So that sounds like a lot of games to play, and it really is, because usually we have about, you know, after we record the show, we don't start throwing away ideas for maybe another week, sometimes two. And we basically get on uh, Twitter and in private messaging, and we talk about, what we want to do for six good games, what we want to do for uh, the Battle of Systems. So 
sometimes we have to crunch those games into two or three weeks, uh, and it can get pretty tough to 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 fit those games into our our timetables because all three of us are very busy. We're all family guys that have uh, kids and and obligations to the family. So, you know, the gaming can't take always take the high priority. So we do tend to have to crunch some of the, the games in here. And, and that has influenced my gaming style quite a bit. So and what, what do I mean about that? Well, sometimes if they're longer, more involved games, I'll use a system that has save states so that I can play five minutes here, 10 minutes there. Uh, same with if my daughter has volleyball or my son is doing something where I got to go there and sit there. I need a mobile system, and so I usually take the a little handheld device or something like that. And sometimes game states uh, really are uh, a lifesaver uh, when I'm trying to play. But sometimes we cover arcade games or we cover um, action games or games that uh, are, are like on PlayStation, like disc-based games. And in that case, I have to play or I prefer to play on the real hardware. Um, so... As I'm looking around the room uh, here, I'm I'm currently recording this segment while in my game room. I'm looking around, and my consoles. So when we pick a game like like this month, we are doing a battle of the systems. We're doing Guardian Heroes on the Sega Saturn versus Captain Commando on the PlayStation One. So let's take that as a per- perfect example. There's no really great way to play those mobile, although my Steam Deck now can play both those systems. Uh, but that's a pretty relatively new device in my life. Uh, so, plus, in those particular systems, the, in my opinion, the joypad is key because it, they designed those games to play on those particular joypads. Not so much Captain Commando because that one is an arcade port. Um, but definitely Guardian Heroes. It's made for the Sega Saturn controller. Okay, so I'm going to play those. I, I have been playing those on the original system, and so what what I have in my gaming room is I have a big, like just a regular, good old fashioned big TV. I think this one is like a I don't know, 48 inch or something. Uh, just a HDMI regular old LCD TV. And that's hooked up to mainly just my uh, modern systems, like my Xbox. Uh, I have an Xbox One connected to it. I have a RetroTink, though, so I can uh, plug some of my systems in there, like my Amiga C32. But basically, that's for more modern systems. I don't like the Switch and stuff like that. I don't play a lot of retro games on uh, a flat panel. What I do is I have a this kind of a TV stand style console and I have crammed every uh, gaming console that I can in there and it is packed to the gill. It's not pretty. Um, But what I do is I put those in there and I mean, just looking at it, there is GameCube, Sega Saturn, Sega Master System, Sega Genesis, um, Nintendo, Super Nintendo, uh, PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2, PlayStation 3 is in there too. Um, my uh, PC Engine. Uh, I know I'm leaving out. I don't want to turn my head because then I'm off mic. 
but there are a ton. I've just packed every gaming console. I don't like to not have my gaming consoles out. Now, they're not all plugged into a TV or even into a switch box, but what they all are, they all are plugged into electricity in the back. Uh, and then what I do is I plug the video cable in, but I leave it coiled up behind the console in there because I play all of those systems on my Toshiba flat CRT. So it is a CRT, but it doesn't have a curved uh, screen on the front. It has a flat screen. It's a flat. I think they call them flat tubes, but I don't know if that's a real accurate term. Um, but it's a Toshiba and it sits right there on top of that. Uh, TV console. So what I do is when I want a particular system, I just pull it out of the console when, where it's already plugged into the back, grab that video cable, and that Toshiba has these composite inputs right on the front. Now, if it's one like my Sega Saturn, or I think um, I have one other console, I can't remember which one it is. I have S-Video on it. I plug it on the Toshiba on the side of it is an S-Video plug. So once in a while, I'll plug that back in there, but composite is pretty much what all of these either are or have modded to be are composite. Um, and even my systems that, like my PS2, that I think technically can take component, I don't do that. I think they all look really great in composite, so I use composite. Plug them right into that CRT, and I'm good to go. So pretty much any game that we're playing that I don't need to do save states or don't want to, or for whatever reason, I play on the original consoles there on that Toshiba TV. Now, when we play games on computers, that's a different story. I don't keep any of those out except for my Amiga 1200, which is sitting right next to me, uh, because I do a lot more than just play games on that machine, um, and I like that it's out all the time. Um, Basically, all the other computers are in plastic bins, and currently, I have about 18 of those stacked up in two different stacks in my game room. It's not the most aesthetically pleasing, uh, but they're there, and it keeps the dust off of them, which is key for these keyboards. Um, and all of these bins now have labels on them, and they're basically mostly computers. And I, just looking at the ones right in front of me, MSX, TI-99, Coco. Uh, there's one for my television. I keep that in a box, too, just because it's so big it won't fit in the console. Um, Atari 800. Uh, let's see over there. I got uh, Commodore 128. Um, my uh, Tandy 1000EX. Uh, and so on and so on. I can't see the other ones over there, but um, ZX Spectrum. I got a box with a bunch of ZX Spectrums in it, different ones, 128K, uh, different ones like that. Oh, I do keep my 48K ZX Spectrum on the desk because it's so small. It doesn't take any space. Uh, oh, there's one for the BBC Micro. Um, I just, you know, I, there's one for the VIC-20. I just have all my computers in tubs. And then... My Vectrex is out because it, is, it does have a CRT. I don't want to get that scratched up. My Vectrex is out. Um, my MAME cabinet that I built, it's a little desktop MAME cabinet. Uh, they call them bar tops, I think. Uh, but I built that myself, and that's sitting over there so I can play arcade games on it if that's what we're covering. Um, and that that's pretty much... 
the consoles. I have my Switch on a different monitor just because that used to be my main kind of uh, modern gaming platform. I played that way more than my Xbox or PS3 or anything like that or PS4. I played my Switch way more, so it kind of is out on a different monitor. Um, then that brings me to another thing. I now have two monitors in here attached to desks. Oh, they're not attached to desks. One is, and then the other one is attached to the wall on a on a swivel mount. And they're smaller LCDs. They're probably like maybe 30-inch ones. But both of these are on swivels where they can go into Tate mode as well. So I can plug things into there real fast, like the Switch or the Steam Deck or whatever, and rotate that in the Tate mode and play games in that mode, um, which I love doing, especially with pinball games and stuff like that. But that's it. So those are the, the options I have when I am doing the research for the show. Um, and basically, uh, oh, and then another thing that I do, now this one is a little different, my mister. I use that a lot too. But what I do for that one is when I'm doing really rapid research, I guess is the best term for it. So let's say I'm doing six good games and like this one is about cooking for for this for January. Um I have to try out like unless I have stuff stuff in mind. Like usually I have at least one game maybe in mind. So I I jot that down in the notes, but I have to pick two more. And a lot of times I'm undecided on that. So what the what the mister is great for and I use it a lot. I use the mister so much for just research on the web uh, on the the podcast. Um what the mister is great for is all the systems are there pretty much. Um, you know, not, not anything past PS one. So there I have to go onto the machines themselves. But if I'm looking for eight bit games or 16 bit games or whatever, man, I can just boot up that mister and switch between systems and look for, uh, what I basically do sometimes like for cooking is I will look online like, Hey, cooking eight bit cooking games or 16 bit cooking games. And I'll get a little list, go in and jot them down on my notepad, and then I run over to the mister, and I can just try them. And almost within, you know, two minutes, three minutes, I can decide if they're good games or not. And if they're not, then I can quickly move to another game, uh, even on another system, and it's all on the same box on the mister. The mister is fantastic for doing research for the podcast. Um, in fact, it, 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 it's such a valuable tool to the podcast for me that if mine burned out or broke or whatever, I'd, I'd almost feel like I have to replace it because uh, there's nothing faster than doing research on the mister. Um, otherwise, uh, like I said, if I'm doing arcade, I use my MAME cabinet if we're covering arcade games. Um, but on that, my newly acquired Steam Deck, I can... Uh, I put coin ops on there. So I, there's a ton of arcade games in there. So now, now I used to have to research arcade games uh, on my main cabinet or somewhere here. Uh, Mister's great for that too. Um, but now I can take coin ops on the road with me when I'm, when I'm just, uh, you know, watching the daughter play volleyball, I can sit down and pull out the, uh, the, the steam deck and actually try those games out there. Um, but other than that, that's pretty much how I do the games every month. Uh, it's it's it is challenging at times because like this past month was so busy with the storms here in California. 
I had a lot of clients that had systems go out and I haven't had a ton of time gaming. So my time has been extremely limited and valuable. So I try to pick the best tool for trying to get my job done for the podcast. And uh, luckily uh, having all the, the variety of systems I have, I, you know, I, I do try to play on original hardware so I can get the feel for what the developer wanted and the controller and all that. But if I'm just rapidly going through games, I got the Mister, I got the Mame Cabinet, uh, Steam Deck, all those good options for for that. Um, anyway, I just wanted to pull the curtain back a little bit, and like I said, I'm hoping to even maybe have a very meta episode where I talk about technically all the recording equipment I have, the software that I use um, to do my own Eric's Take segments. Uh, the microphones, all the all the boring stuff. But I know that there's people out there that are interested in that because I do get a lot of messages on Twitter and Discord asking me what I use, the software I use, uh, the software that me, Cody, and Tim use to, to, to when we do the recording so we can hear each other and screen share and all that good stuff. Um, I find that stuff pretty interesting, and I hope you do too. Uh, because I, I, I'm, it's constantly evolving and changing, and I like to hear what other people are using and, and enjoying. But anyway, again, thank you for listening, and uh, I will see you next month on Eric's Take. Eric, that was just such a fascinating take on, on workflow. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it absolutely was. All right. Well, that brings us to the point in the show where typically we hop uh, hop uh, Tim on and to join us uh, to catch up, play some game shows, do things like that. But uh, we've got a few extra minutes before he becomes available and or uh, conscience, conscious. Conscious, uh, yeah. Conscious. Uh, so let's go ahead and break into another one of the beers he gave us, shall we? Yes, and I'll let you pick. So we got a, we got a couple different options here. Well, we just did the the double... Deca 10x chocolate milk stout for the last show. That's right. Uh, which was based off of the millionaire. So, do you want to try the millionaire and go back to back and see see the original inspiration for that beer? Sure. Let's do that. This is a 4.7 percent by volume uh, millionaire milk stout beer from the Wild Beer Company. Again, a company that was I say was is was Tim's favorite brewery and has become one of the favorite breweries in the hearts of Eric and myself as well. And unfortunately they are no longer a brewery, but we've got kind of four of their last beers ever left on this earth. And we're drinking them now for you guys, the listeners. So let me crack that open as well. And this is one, I think we might've, I don't know if we've had this on the show or not, honestly, but I know I've had it once and yes. it is a good one. It is a good one. It's uh, it's four point seven alcohol by volume, and it is unlike the ten times chocolate one. Yeah, <laughs> this one is salted caramel plus chocolate, which I can get behind. That sounds good. A decadent dessert of a beer, rich and Moorish, sweet Moorish. and salty, velvety and luxurious. Savor, savor the flavor. Savor the flavor. That's another word with a U in it that we don't put a U in over here. That's why I mispronounced it. It, it yeah. was foreign to me. I was like, what? I never heard it. Yeah. Uh, Eric, cheers, my friend. Cheers. Well, bam. Oh. And we're drinking the beer.
Yep. yep. Definitely much more subtle than the than the last one. <laughs> Definitely much more beer than the last one. Definitely. Yep. So we're going to, first of all, this is again, very, it's a dark beer. Got a nice head on it. Um, flavor doesn't scream chocolate. It has a little bit of a salty flavor to it, which is the salted caramel, but I don't taste a ton of caramel. Yeah, I wouldn't say I don't taste. There's a sweetness, but it's not like a sugary dessert sweetness. It's uh, yeah. and it's offset by the salt. So, yep, yep, definitely taste the salt. Yeah, it's interesting. It almost makes you um, the salt makes you thirsty, but then the wetness of the beer quenches that thirst at the same time, and it kind of melt works out. Yep. So I do like 12, this one. Twelve like point one. buck. So yeah, this, the Wild Beer Company has a uh, a buck on the on the on the logo with uh, twelve points on its antlers. So we're, we're rating these all all these beers this month out of twelve. Um, this one's a ten. I really like this one. Yeah, I think I'm I think I'm right there with you. I think it's a ten. Cool. We are simpatico once again. Yep. Um, before Tim uh, hops on here, Eric, do we want to say any uh, negative things about him behind his back or? <laughs> um, no, I think I've done that well enough last year. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, um, it wasn't behind your back, Tim. You heard all of it. He did hear um, all of it, but no, um, no. Good Tim time. has provided all of these beers kindly for uh, Christmas treats. So we we thank Tim and we lament that this brewery is no more. Absolutely, and I uh, see the smoke wafting in front of you there. Smoke see, is wafting. That, that is, you would think that might be smoke. It's actually first rain. First, <laughs> it's a mist. It's the mist first rain. All right. Well, while we uh, sip on these beers, we're going to go ahead and fast forward in time. And when we come back, you will hear the voice of a Mister Tim Drew. All right, Tim, you are here I once am. again. Hello, everybody. How are you doing? The energy doing... is high this morning. I don't know why, but I'm awake. Yeah, <laughs> I think good. you brought the energy. You brought the energy this evening. He's bringing it. I'm yep. bringing it. Well, to catch to catch you up on things, uh, 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 Tim, I've been. It, we've gone from a video game podcast to a Cody lighting incense and uh, describing the smell of the incense podcast. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why, but there's incense. So if you see like smoke blowing past my face, uh. I don't. I don't know what. I can't even explain myself at this point. But you've gone all hokey and flavorful. Uh, there we go. There we go. So we just tried first strain, and the next one I'll be lighting is Dragon's Blood, taken okay. from real dragons. Uh, yes. Yeah. You're bringing the yes. flavor. And then I'm going to make my own because obviously that's Dragon's Blood from real dragons. So I'm going to like make uh, tree squirrel blood incense. I've got plenty of those on the property. I can make it happen. Okay, I I'm sure it'll smell. Going to be making your own incense from all the beers. But anyway, we'll skip that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. So, uh, so Tim, Tim, you have rejoined. I hope uh, things are well in in England this new year in 2023. I don't think we've talked at all. Yeah, um, it's just been super busy. Uh, probably not quite as always. busy as Eric, but uh, yeah, it's been really busy this start of this year. But yeah, actually, uh, I'm well prepared for the podcast. Not that I'm not normally, but I am well prepared <laughs> for the podcast. It's normally prepared, but now you're well prepared. I'm well prepared. 
I've, I've got some deal. stuff. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I've actually, uh, I, I'm going to let you guys uh, do most of the talk in this episode, most likely, because I, I was a little lackluster on, uh, on my video game efforts this month. So, oh. uh, but, but it's all fine. It's all fine. It's all okay. good. Uh, we're above covered this time. <laughs> Excellent. There you go. There that you go. Good. Well, let's dig right into it. Cause I think, uh, uh, Mr. Nelson, you have a video game challenge for us. I do. And I wanted to put some reverb on my voice and some echo to make this sound spooky, but I'm not going to do that. But I st- we're going to start off 2023 with a little game show, a happy, feel-good game show called okay, okay. Death Sounds. Death. Dum, dum, dum. So the way this game is, it's a simple game, but I'm going to be playing um, death sounds from video games, like when you die okay. in a video game. It sounded very dark. Yeah. And you will tell me what that is. Now, I will play... We're going to flip a coin, and one of you is going to start, and you will hear a death sound, and you will try to guess what it is. If you get it right, you get 10 points. Okay? 10 whole points? 10 whole points. Why you are spoiling us today, Eric. (laughs) That's right. It's like video game... uh, Or not video game, but pinball logic, where you just add like three three zeros. That's right. You're... That's right. You're going to get. You're going to make ten thousand points. Ten thousand points. Perfect. It's going to be ten points. Now, if you don't get it, this is. I'm going to give you a second chance in multiple choice to get it, and for five points. But if you don't get it, it goes to the other player to guess, and they can they can snag it for the full ten. So you have two mm, chances ooh. to not give up ten points. Okay. Interesting. Okay. So that's all there is to it. Very simple rules. Um, I'm going to start it off very easy. So if you don't get these. So are um, we doing one each, or do we have to try and guess? It's like Family Feud, uh, which might be a show in England, I don't know. Uh, yeah, where one side tries, yep. if you yeah. fail, you get a second try, and if you fail that, the other person can steal. Can steal it, and they'll know the multiple choice, so it'll be easy for them to steal the ten points. We call because that Family Fortune. by then, you'll have narrowed it down even further. What do you call it over there? Family Fortunes. Family fortunes. Normally played in teams of families, isn't it? Yes, yes. Fortunes. Also, I learned today reading one of your beers that uh, the word savor is also spelt incorrectly over there. S A V O R? Savor? On on this millionaire, it says savor with a U. O U R. Oh, S A V O R. Savor. 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 Anyways, all right. I'm ready for this game. All right, so guys, if you get it right, you're going to hear this. Perfect. If you get it wrong, you're going to hear this. I, I feel like the getting it right should be a lot more celebratory, considering the getting it wrong sound like uh, yeah. attacks my nervous system, <laughs> like it, it, it's shutting yeah. me down. I should. I, I would have added the Aztec death whistle. Oh my gosh! We just off I air. We, I just learned about the Aztec death whistle, and I want to purchase one. It is terrifying. Have you heard this thing before, Tim? I, I heard it very briefly. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. Just, yeah. <laughs> So Amazon sells them, of course, but apparently the ancient act, or Eric was telling me the Aztecs would blow this whistle before going into battle. It sounds like someone's screaming their absolute mind out. It yeah, imagine terrifying. ten thousand Aztecs like whist- using that whistle all at once. Oh my gosh. That's me when my alarm goes off at five o'clock in the morning getting up for the show. <laughs> That's the worst sound in the world. Yes. Yep. <laughs> all right, guys. So Cody, pick a number between one and two, or one or two. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one and a half. Yeah. Um, all right, I'm gonna pick two, Eric. 
it, it's one. So Tim goes first. All right. All right, Tim, you ready? I'm ready. Identify what game made this death sound. I'll try. Pac-Man. Ten points for Tim. Pac-Man. 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 <laughs> All right, Cody, you ready for yours? I think so. Ready to be Here embarrassed. We go. Super Mario Brothers. Ten points for Cody. And I'm going to be pretty lax on if it's the what version it is, okay? If it's arcade NES. or Nintendo yes. or whatever. I don't care. So as long as you get the game right, you get it right. Sounds good. Sounds good. Tim, back to you. So it's tied up. Ten to ten. Here we go. Identify that death noise. Ah! Impossible mission on the Commodore 64. Ah, got it. Ten points for Tim. He's at 20. All right, Cody. I thought this was multiple choice, by the way. I mean, I'm not complaining, but... No, that's if you get it wrong. If you get oh. it wrong, you get a multiple choice for your second chance for five points. Here we Sorry, go. I was, I was in the back of the class. My bad. Here we go. For Cody. Name that death sound. That one's tough. I will I will tell you. I will give that to you. That one is a little tough. Here it goes again. I've been playing my noises. I'm going to go with... Oh, man. One more time. I'm just going to say berserk. Here's your multiple choice. Is it... Mega Man? Is it Space Invaders? Is it Qbert? Or is it Dig Dug? Here we go. Cube, um, Dig Dug. Final answer. Perfect. There we go. Get I knew five I, for fifteen I knew that, points. I knew that sound, but uh, I could not place it until I heard the name. Cody at fifteen. Tim at ten. Or 20. Sorry, Tim. 20. Oh, at 20. I'd be smirched you. I'd be smirched the crap out of you there. You got 20. <laughs> You'd be smircher. Better than calling All me right. Racist, I guess. But then we never that one day. That was 2022. This is a whole new year, Tim. Let's not bring the, the moments of the past <laughs> into this. All right, guys. We are uh, somewhat a little almost halfway through the game. Here we go. Get ready, Tim. This one's for you. Name that death sound. <laughs> I think Cody might give us a few don't. But bring it, bring it, bring it. <laughs> let's let's go to the multiple choice. <clears throat> multiple choice, okay. So here we go for five points. Is it Load Runner? Is it Qbert? Is it Castlevania? Is it Space Invaders? Looking Castlevania. You got it for five points. So you're That's at twenty five. That's the one. At least on Cody's reaction. I was trying not to react. <laughs> no, the first one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm thinking he knows that, he knows that. What's a game that he knows really well? Castlevania. There we go. <laughs> Alright, here we go. So Tim has twenty five, Cody has fifteen. Here we go. This one's for Cody. Name that sound. Death sound. Ooh. 
One more time. Here we go. Yeah. Oh, that sounds like an arcade. Um, it's that at the end, isn't it? That's definitely yeah. an arcade sound. It's kind of got that distant, dissonant sound that arcade games have for some reason. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to say Phoenix. I don't know. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go to multiple choice. choice. Is that Mega Man? Is that Legend of Zelda? Is that Space Invaders? Or is that Qbert? Qbert. Mm-hmm. Oh. Tim, you can steal for the full 10 amount. Can I please have the. Uh, nope. That's not the way it works. You got to name it to get 10 or or everyone's wrong. I'm going to go with Legend of Zelda. Holy crap. You got it. Yeah, that's right. You got it. Perfect. <laughs> Runaway victory. 35 points for Tim, 15 for Cody. Wah, this one is for you, Tim. Name that death sound. For 10. Do you know what it is, Tim? Here it is again. Sound that restricts the sphincter. It kind of makes you... (laughs) 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 Familiar sound for me because I die an awful lot in games. Um, I'm going to go with Gallagher. Here's multiple choice for you. Is that a death sound from Castlevania? Is that a death sound from Qbert? Is that a death sound from Mega Man? Is that a death sound from Space Invaders? Okay, I'll go with Mega Man. Gosh darn it, Tim. Perfect. <laughs> Five points, 40 for Hate Tim. Hate you so much right now. <laughs> Here you go, Cody. Thank <laughs> you so much right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's better if you be for 20,000. Here we go. All right. Name Q- that death sound. Hubert. Space Invaders. That's the... Yeah, the fart sound. Exactly. Let's see if this is it. Let's find out. That's Hubert. It is not Hubert. For five points, is that from Phoenix? Is that from Galaga? Is that from Space Invaders? Is that from Hubert? Well, it's not from Cubert. Uh, Phoenix, because it's it's my jam. Ah, oh, man. Tim, right. name this death sound for 10 points. Gallagher. It is Space Invaders. What Space Invaders that. are you talking about? Uh, I, I guess. It must be from the arcade version, which I like. almost have never played. I've played the Atari version, which, yeah, it goes... <laughs> 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 All right, so who's was this? Right. This is uh, Cody's, right? Is this Cody? Yeah, that was Cody's. That was Cody. So this is yours, Tim. In Cuba for the first guess. No, um, yeah. All right, so this one's for you, Tim. Say Cubert, you go. Tim. Say Cubert. For ten <laughs> points. Oh Gosh darn it! What is that? It's Cuba. It's Cuba. Perfect. 
Hey, you're really queuing these up, Eric. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So this one's for uh, Cody. Phoenix. <laughs> Name that. This is the last one. This is the uh, last yeah. question. 30,000 30, 30, points? <laughs> for 30,000 points. Hope you work out a tiebreak answer. <laughs> Here we go. For Go. Ooh, I know that. That sound? That's too That's a death sound. Death sound. It sounds very positive, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. I know. I know. <laughs> Gosh, darn it. I know that one. Sorry, I talked right over the sound. Play it again. Sounds super Nintendo y, but like arcade Nintendo y. I'll play it one more time here. Oh, Tim almost just threw up on camera. I'd, I'm going to say Donkey Kong Jr. All right, give me my multiple choice for... Here's measly, your multiple choice. Measly 30,000. Phoenix. Is that from Lone Runner? Is that from Galaga? Is that from Mega Man 2? <laughs> you threw the two on there because we already got... <laughs> That's right. It's from Lone Runner. Bonderbound. Bonderbound. 20 points, so that's the end of the game. Cody, 20. Tim, 50. That is the game. Perfect. Well done, sir. Well done. That sounds. Thank you, Eric. That was a fun show. Game show. It took longer than it should have to put together. <laughs> yeah, no, they do. I know. When I do those sound effect ones, they don't like, you think, oh, I'll just do some sound. That would be really quick. No. No, they take a while. Faux show, faux show. All right, gentlemen. Well, at this point, we're going to hop right on in to Catching Up. Catching Up with Eric and Cody and Tim. And Tim, all right, let's hop on over here to our notes section so that we know what we're talking about. And uh, let's hit refresh. Wow, this is happening live in the tape. And then let me scroll down. <laughs> <laughs> just scroll down. Man. Hey, double click. Double click, dude. <laughs> double click, double, double click. click. Uh, X in the center square. <laughs> <laughs> get rid of all the uh, adult pop-ups that keep popping on the screen. All right, here we go. Catching up. Um, I got number one here, although I probably shouldn't because I've only got like three or four things to kind of talk about. You guys have the rest. So, uh, I, along with my new little desktop setup, I got, I went ahead and connected my ZX Spectrum next last month. And I've been playing a new game called train yard express actually, which I haven't even heard about, but I found it on, on, uh, on the itch.io page of all things. And it is a cool little puzzle game where you, uh, it's it's these little grids, and you have circles that are different colors and crosses that are different colors, and you're basically trying to time it so that when you hit uh, start trains, the trains run out of the circles and make these tracks, uh, drive along these tracks that you create and make their way to the station at the end, and it gets really kind of mind um, screwy. And uh, let me see if I can actually press play here, but... It's a really cool game, and I haven't heard very much about it. I haven't heard anything about it. Um, apparently, it is a, a a port of a mobile game. But um, I've been having a blast with it, and I've probably put three or four hours on my ZX Spectrum Next with this game. So, it's cool. I like it. 
It looks like Mania, isn't it? That sort of thing. Yeah. Kind of, but it's very much like when they screw up, you just go ahead and undo it and then make modifications and hit start training in. So really, it's it's a puzzle. It's purely a puzzle. Uh, There's no timer or anything like that. So Uh, trade during express. Cool. I like it. It looks really cool. I might have to try that on my uh, mister on the next core. Yeah, that's a good one. Cool. You guys have the next one here. So, which I'm, which I'm jealous of because I was left out again. <laughs> not, I thought you, um, I thought you had a go on it. Hmm. Okay. Nope, well, I just we'll, saw this in the let's, notes. Let's talk about what it is first. Go on then. Yeah. <laughs> so, Happy Coding sent us a little message, right? I think it was right before Christmas, wasn't it? Yeah. And he says, "Hey, here's a little ZX Spectrum game um, that is in the guise of." of asteroids, but it is kind of a holiday themed version of his popular um, asteroids version that he wrote for the Specky. And it is called, it, it's just a Christmas themed asteroids RX port. Asteroids RX, I think it was, or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yep. X. Yeah. X Masteroids RX. Yeah. So it was um, uh, sent over to us by happy coding um i i managed to get onto it but i i must admit i didn't get onto it over the uh, the holiday break i've just played it in the last few days um, yeah and uh, yeah it's it's pretty much it's the same version but the original version because uh, you can select the different versions so you've got the like the uh, the super asteroids and the enhanced rx version and then the classic version he's redesigned the asteroids to look like snowflakes yeah Cute. Um, and as you shoot the snowflakes, they obviously break into tiny icicles, and then you shoot the icicles, and um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's really cool. And uh, I don't know yes. how we did the uh, how we did the uh, the icicles because I don't think you could really do them because there's no sprites. Um, so they must be sort of like just like line drawn like um, the asteroids, but they're quite detailed. Actually, it's really look really re- look really convincing. Very nice magical trickery, mostly. Yes. <laughs> Smoke and Very cool. Uh, but you've been playing other new uh, games on classic computers. Yeah. Um, I've been playing um, a ton of uh, Amstrad CPC games. Um, for... Yeah, there's been a bunch out lately. I'm, uh, yeah. yeah. Mostly well, these, new ones? These, or... ones are, uh, these ones are uh, from 2020. So there was an assembly online uh, game competition. Um, and I was just really looking for stuff um, to try out my M4 card because I haven't really used mm-hmm. it for ages and ages. And whenever I try to get it going, I, I just have sort of like 10, 15 minutes at it, play the odd game. Um, and mostly I resurrect my Amstrad when uh, when Juan produces a new game, which is what happened. This <laughs> time. <laughs> um, and I was just on a website, I think it's pue.net or something like that. Um, and I just looked for some uh, wares on their site and uh, found some Amstrad games. Um, and these these particular ones, um, let me get my notes up because I can't really see the screen there. Um, so, yeah, this one is uh, Dragon Attack. Now, this one I think you would absolutely love, Cody, because it is a... Yeah, looks game. like it. 
um, and it is fantastic. I can actually play this game. <laughs> um, I don't normally get on with bullet hells, um, but this this is brilliant. Um, it's kind of uh, the intro text is done in sort of like the Petaski style. Um, yeah, so I saw you've that. Got, uh, you know, characters, colourful ca- characters, graphics that are making up the uh, the logo, the intro logo, and all that sort of stuff. But the gameplay itself, um, you start off. Uh, with obviously your ship now you can choose your fire pattern so you can choose it either uh, normal or inverted so normal is you hold down the fire button and it shoots or you um, inverted is shooting automatically and then you hold down the fire button to stop shooting Hmm. Um, quite why you'd want to do that i don't know i was gonna say Um, is there a benefit to not shooting a lot of times you move faster when you're not shooting the problem that i found is that on my version um, I think what it does is there's like a tape image or a disc image. And as it's loading, it flicks through the screens whilst it's actually loading. And the instructions are on there. Well, because it's all loaded straight in on the M4, these screens just flash by really quick. And then you can only just start the game. You can't get back to those screens. Oh, gotcha. So I haven't really read the instructions properly. Anyway, I'll describe the game. <laughs> so <laughs> at the top, you get um, sort of like a, an alien come in and it's got a center. And then you've got some um, extra aliens on the side to the left and right. So you've got to try and shoot. It's like a, a, always like an end of level boss, basically. Um, so you've got to try and shoot it and it takes so many shots per alien to uh, destroy but all that time you've just literally got a series of um, bullets just raining down on you essentially and the trick is you've got to try and work your way through um, finding a gap in those bullets but also and again I haven't quite worked out the mechanic exactly but you've got if you keep shooting, you kind of get some level of invincibility. So you're then able to, uh, sorry, shooting and hit the alien, you get some kind of invincibility from the bullets. But if you're caught in a spot where you're shooting, you're not hitting the alien, then you've you've then literally got to try and dodge through or then that's when you die, basically. Um, you can select the number of lives um, that you start off with. I think you can go from three up to nine. Um, I normally went in at about seven. Um, and as you hit the alien more, you get, you build up your multiple, um, scoring techniques. So it's quite a high scoring game as well. Um, and I, I just love this. I just sat down and played this for ages. It's a brilliant game. Yeah. I'm not seeing this, um, ability to, what do you call it? The avoid bullets because you're shooting the enemy though. Yeah. It, <clears throat> you you kind of feel it when you're playing it. So okay. if you see the multi building up at the top of the screen there's like a hud at the top of the screen where you've got the score and then you've got your multi the multi builds up as you're um uh shooting the alien so uh maybe you you'll be able to play it and 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 school me in it a bit more because you're you're a bit more used to bullet hells than i am but um yeah this is brilliant i yeah, looks, love this game looks super cool the and patterns one... of the bullets look very mesmerizing like yeah you can they do... are <laughs> you get sucked right in um yeah. So another one, um, this is by the same people, um, and this was a later game, and this is called Corsair Trainer. Now, this is just a demo that they've done. So it's three levels, um, and it's, uh, you know, just like a normal scrolling shoot 'em up 
Um, but it's really impressive for the Amstrad because it's got like, you know, proper, nice, smooth scrolling. Um, they've released some parts of the code um, for this. So, you know, people can use it, you know, to have a look and see how they've done the the scrolling and all that sort of stuff. Um, but this is just a really nice, um, polished shooter. I'm hoping that they're going to actually bring out the full version of the game. Um, kind of reminds me a bit of, um, what was it, Xenon 2 on the Amiga, the 16 bits and Genesis and Mega Drive and all that sort of stuff, whatever it got launched on. I think it even came out on the X68000. Or what um, was uh, uh, Juan's shooter he came out with on the MSX, I believe? That was Hyperdrive? No, it had like a German. The Amstrad. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Because this is why I ended up playing a load of Amstrad stuff because I had me um, Amstrad out for playing Hyperdrive. Um, There you go. You're thinking of um, Usation Gamma. Yes, thank you. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, Yeah. So this is a just a it's a typical you know shoot 'em up. It's but it's just very nice for the Amstrad. Um, One thing that is a bit annoying with that one is that you shoot the aliens in their patterns. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you get a power up and the power up is just this tiny little um, lightning bolt that just shoots straight down the screen from when you shot the last alien in the pattern. Um, and it's diff- kind of difficult to try and pick up that power up. But anyway, so yeah, gotcha. so there's two nice games on the Amstrad CPC I'd recommend checking out. So the first one is Dragon Attack, which is a bullet hell and then Corsair Trainer, um, which is a you know, standard shooter. And then hyperdrive. <laughs> yeah. So, and then, yeah, we uh, can talk yeah. about that now. This was a little further down in the notes, but we can talk about it. We might as well talk I've about it. I've got it up. I'm pick this one up. Have you guys played it as well? I have. I've loaded up on my mister. I, I um, have not been able to play anything on my Amstrad for quite a while, unfortunately. So I need to figure that one out again. But yeah, so this one is an interesting game by Juan Martinez. Um, it is a shooter, and at first it feels a little slow, um, but you, you basically get power-ups, and you can speed up and things. But the gimmick behind this one is that uh, you can chain together hits. So as you're hitting enemies, you chain together uh, multiple hits, and those will then unlock different things like power-ups. And, um, so basically, you don't, so you you don't want to miss. And then you get a, uh, a bomb. Yep, that's right. Yeah. Yep. So it's like a smart bomb. I think you press button two, I think it is, on the pad or something like that, and the line goes, shoot, shoots up the screen and then just zaps all the aliens on the screen, doesn't it? Yep. And, and just the, the graphics look really great on this game. I mean, it's it's definitely a typical Juan Martinez game where it's very smooth and, and feels good. It's smooth, it's polished, and it's got some great music in, in, along with the game as well. Mm-hmm. Um and it's that usual uh, simple, fir- kind of simple first level that pulls you into the game, and then it just starts getting harder and harder as you go through. Yeah, um, and you've got to be very precise with the game because of the way that you build up the chains. Um, and yeah. uh, and the good thing as well is that once you get past the first level, you can just continue once you die, <laughs> which is good for me. <laughs> there you go. I have so been playing got, a bunch of. Yeah, I got. Sorry, I go got, ahead. Uh, I think I went through up to the third or the fourth level, I think. Um, but because I'm playing it on real hardware, I haven't got that option to just kind of like snapshot it and then being able to come back to it. So um, I, I replayed a lot of the the first two levels quite a lot. 
<laughs> yeah, that option meaning cheating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been playing a lot of uh, um, Graveyard Shift. Was it Brick Rick's Graveyard Shift from yes, from Juan recently? Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. So there we go. There is Hyperdrive. If you like that one, that's available um, on uh, Juan's uh, website or on his itch site. Um, I think his website is usebox.net. Um, and he's got a ton of cool games there. So there's Brick Rick, um, one we mentioned before on the MSX Usation Gamma, um, the Dawn of Kernel, which is another good one for the Amstrad. So yeah, he's done some brilliant games. So I work, recommend going and checking out uh, his site if you haven't done so before. And you mentioned in your notes that he helped you with loading the game on the M4 card. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I, this one comes on, it doesn't come as a DSK file. Uh, it's only as a cartridge file, I think. Am I right in thinking that? Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, and uh, there's um, an option on the M4 card where you can upload uh, the cartridge files into the cartridge slot and then just basically um, press on start cartridge and it resets the Amstrad and starts the cartridge. Um, my CPC uh, that I tried it out on first um, didn't work because um, I was resetting the cartridge. The screen was going black. So I was thinking, well, this just isn't working. So I reached out to Juan. Um, he gave me some instructions, kind of a little bit different to what I was actually doing. Um, but, in a roundabout way, it was kind of the same sort of thing. Um, it was just a couple of command lines that you can type in on the Amstrad to load the cartridge rather than doing it through the web GUI. Um, and it turned out, yeah, that that CPC had exactly the same issue because I can remember with the Dawn of Kernel, I uh, couldn't get that one working on it. So I dug out one of my other CPCs, put that in, um, had some fun trying to get that to work, um, <laughs> but I got that to work eventually <laughs> and then um, managed to get Hyperdrive going. So, yeah, always. And that's why I love cartridge-based consoles. Yeah. <laughs> cool. That's right. And I need to get wanted to make his next game on like uh the master system or the nes or something i need to get i'm on a cartridge-based game and just plug and play yeah a master system version of hyperdrive or something like there that you would go. be awesome because it's said 80 isn't it so similar similar processes so could port it there you go there Juan, if you're listening <laughs> so head on over to juan martinez's website and acquire all those games speaking of acquiring things eric did you get a new acquisition I did around Christmas time. I got a new acquisition. I'm going to show you here if I can unwind all the stupid wires that come with it. So here's what I got. I don't think I mentioned this because I haven't done it online or anything like that. So you're seeing this first as well. I got the Amiga 500 Mini. <laughs> <laughs> I want to make you sing the whole thing. Amiga <laughs> 500. Very so cool. Oh, yeah. 500 Mini. So for a very short period of time, uh, around Christmas time, this went on sale for, I think, 30% off or something. Um, so I grabbed that, and it uh, comes, obviously, the um, comes with the... Uh, That's really cool. That sounds like something like a friend would tell another friend if they knew it was on sale. <laughs> oh, man. That makes make me feel bad. Comes with the little mouse, of course. Yeah, I want that cool. mouse. And the, the mouse is almost bigger than the Mini Amiga, isn't it? <laughs> it is. And it comes with this little boomerang inspired joystick joypad. Yeah, it's like the C D thirty two pad, isn't it? Yep. And I Which will say that 
this this joypad is pretty cool. I I've played a ton of games with this, and it feels pretty nice. I mean, it's not the best controller in the world, like the quality or whatever, but it feels right on the Amiga, and it and it's pretty accurate, so it plays pretty well. Um, but the main thing I wanted to say is the built-in games on here are fine. They they play they play fine. I loaded up a couple of them, but um, this see the little USB stick I have in here. Yeah. Um, Amigo Aaron, because um, I immediately reached out to him. I was like, hey, what do I do? Hook me up. And he said, um, tr- he, he told me to join the Patreon for this guy um, and download a mini Amiga, which is this thing that you flash onto your USB drive. And it gives you just about every single game you can imagine on the Amiga in WHD form. In fact, it just looks like an Amiga desktop. and Every single game is W8. I mean, I'm not going to say every game's on there, but it it's just chock full of games, and uh, it's just an image you put you you download. You slap on one of these little USB things, and then when you boot up the A500 Mini, it still shows you the same menu, so you can download all the you can play any of the default games on there. But there's a little icon on there that shows a little USB stick. You pick that. And it boots right into Workbench. You see the whole desktop and every game you can imagine for the original Amigas on here. And I haven't played one yet that doesn't play well. So, I mean, it all plays awesome. well. And then because you have the mouse and the the, the joystick, they you, you, like if you're playing Cannon Fodder, you have the mouse. If you're playing Hybris, you have the joypad. So, I mean, you're covered in any game you want to play. And it's got that even though it's not truly authentic, but it's got that cool Amiga joypad, which I personally enjoy. <laughs> not that I've oh, ever okay. held one actually, but they're, they're goofy and weird. And I love that about it. Yeah. This thing, this thing, it even has triggers on the top. You can hear those. I mean, you have your, you have your regular diagonal pad, you have the buttons on the front and it actually, it, like the, I will say, like when I got the C sixty four mini and that the original joystick that came with it, that wasn't the um, yeah, it wasn't good. The first one, not good. It was crap, and that was the first one to jump online and be like, "This is crap." Yeah. Um, and then they eventually eventually released the micro switch one, which was better. Um, but this feels good. This feels natural, and it plays all the games great. Even the mouse, which isn't a full size Amiga mouse, it still. It actually feels pretty good in hand. And I want that mouse. I, yeah, and I played it. You know, I played. Um, you know, like uh, Can of Water, which is one of my favorite Mega games. I tried that out, which is a great mouse-based game, and no complaints at all. Um, so anyway, this coupled with getting the a mini Mega image on there, one of the best Amiga ways to play Amiga games, quick and dirty. So. There you Very go. cool. Uh, no yeah. longer thirty percent off. Checked just right now. Okay, That's a bummer. <laughs> um, Sorry. Yeah, I'll, I'll just keep my eye out for that one. I still want to find uh, the six. Well, actually, really, really want is the Vic twenty, but or yeah. the C sixty four. They're just not available. They, I, they, to my knowledge, they were just never available in the United States. But I, I guess even were. over there, they're. Yeah, I, I think I, I think I checked almost a, every other I think day. Plank got a sixty four. I never saw them. Yeah, but I think he got it from overseas, didn't he? I thought he ordered it from Probably. Amazon UK. Did he? I, I didn't Probably. Think he did. I, thought, I thought he waited in the end, but anyway. That kills me. That's what I really want. But 
but uh, an Amiga 500 Mini for under 100 bucks would be pretty sweet too. I want that that mouse. Yeah, I want that joist there. That uh, the way to make all the games play simply, like it was a console. Love it. But uh, my CD32 is a pretty darn cool solution, so I'm not complaining. Um, ooh, Tim's got an update for us. Yes, please. I'm very curious about this. So I'll be very, very quick about this one. It's a very quick update. Um, I got this, which cool. is a Metrex a... Multicart. Oh, nice. <laughs> there you go. Um, this this is available in the UK. I can't remember the website at the moment, unfortunately. Um, this was only about uh, $20, $25. Oh, nice. Pounds, I think it was. Oh, um, that's cheap. And that's that's got a ton of games on it. It's not got Vector Blade and things like that on there, but it, it's got all the original games and it's got some yep. of the new, new bits and pieces. So we're ready to go. If we're going to do some Vectrex stuff and we need to do that with the original stuff, then we're ready to go. So all three of us can now play all of the Vectrex stuff. We haven't visited the Vectrex for a while on the show. I think about it. We might need to do that next. The first, the first uh, season we did six good good Vectrex games. And then I don't know. I know we talked about it. I don't think we did one for, uh, for an actual show segment since. So, yeah. Did, so I, at some stage, I do still want to get the SD solution for it because um, there's some stuff that's lacking on that one. But uh, at least that at least that gets us going relatively cheaply for for the show. And that's pretty much all I have uh, too, Tim. Is I just have a multi cart that you literally have to you move these little dip switches on there to pick the game, and it's really annoying. Yeah. This, so this one you don't. It's got a full menu and all that sort of stuff. So if you yeah. want me to pick you up one of those, I can do that. It's, like I say, it's I might, about 20 quid. So. I might have you do that because mine is really not e- the easiest to use because the dip switches aren't labeled really well. So I never know which way is right, like up and down. So I'm like moving <laughs> these switches, hoping that I'm getting the right number. And then if I don't, I know I need to flip the cartridge around and move the dip switches again. It's really <laughs> annoying. It's a bit janky. It is janky. Major jank. So I put this in here. Apparently, I don't remember putting this as a as a catch up item, but I just wrote that I bought more games than played. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess I'll get to those shortly. <laughs> oh no no no! Here we go. Here's the game. So uh, no, I did. I went I went a bit nuts on buying games. That, um, there was you know end of the year sales and stuff. So on, I'll just burn through some of these. Uh, on Steam, I bought a couple bundles. I think I ended up getting like twelve games, but the the ones of note that I that I'm excited about. A game called Zombie Party. A game, a game called Undungeon. I've seen a bunch of uh, cool little RPG called Arietta of Spirits. And then um, probably the most well-known is the game Blasphemous, which is like a Metroidvania, but like super gory Metroidvania game where you're like this uh, robot kind of looking dude with like a spike on his head. Um, on the Switch, I actually... Uh, bit the bullet one night. I might have had a couple beers to help me uh, loosen my wallet a bit. And I said, you know what? A new Switch game is like 60, 70 bucks. Um, I'll just go ahead and put that money into my account and buy all the games that are on sale right now. And there were a lot that were on sale. So I got, I'll just burn through them here. I got East 8 finally, which is called Lacrimosa of Dana. That, uh, that's the one I have. Remember we talked about it on the show because I got it and I, I really enjoyed it. So I started it, and it's a completely different viewpoint than any other East game that I've played before. So I'm having a hard time getting into it, but I've, I've just started it. Okay. Uh, I picked up uh, Raiden 5, um, which I've never played. I've played a lot of 3 and 4. I haven't played 5 yet. 
Uh, I was hoping it had Tate mode for my rotating monitor in my room. I don't think it does. I can't find that option, unfortunately. Uh, Bloodstained Curse of the Moon. I actually have never played it. I actually uh, owned a copy for a while, but it ended up going up in value, so I sold it and finally got around to buying the game again uh, digitally for like four bucks. And uh, it's I did play a little of that. It's very Castlevania-like. Uh, another shmup I've been waiting for for a while is called Pawarumi. Pawarumi. Mm. Um, and I haven't really gotten around to that one yet. I finally bought Battle Axe, Eric. Oh, nice. I own Battle Axe, so hopefully we can play that online and, and, and continue what we were doing there. Not, as much, not as much fun um, one player. No. And and yeah, and the chicken thing. I haven't I haven't heard the the chicken thing. I I wonder if they removed it. I haven't played that in so long. Chicken. Uh, yeah, it just says like there's a guy who's like you found the chicken, and I was like that's not what I remember. No, it, it, like when you pick it up, it's like chicken. Oh, I missed I missed that. I was waiting for the creepy voice. Um, a game called Full Metal Furies, which I've been uh, looking at for a while. Uh, Valkyria Four, Valkyria Chronicles Four. That's a good one. Been wanting to pick that up for a long time. Loved the first one. Picked that up. And uh, we talked about R-Type Final. We all played it for the show once. I picked up R-Type Final 2. Sweet. As well. So there's That's all my pickups. Nice. So, uh, yeah, I've been super busy without going into much detail of that because it's been crappy. But I haven't played as many games as I wanted to. But... I did download um, Dead Cells on my Steam Deck so I could play that more, like because yeah. I have it on the Switch. But I grabbed it on uh, Steam Deck because it was on sale, and it is as good as I remember it. Remember, it was my game of the year, like the first year of Pixel Guiden, I think. Yep. Um, love that game, and I plan on playing it again because they've added a lot of stuff to the game. Plus... They're coming out with that Castlevania mod yeah. for it uh, or a Castlevania add-on or whatever it is. Um, that's coming soon uh, in 2023. So I am all prepped and ready for that. I On my Steam Deck, I'm ready for that. But I have to tell you guys something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm in love, guys. Oh, I'm, no. <laughs> you, what you say, you say that you're hot for something? <laughs> I am hot. How hot? Super hot. Yes. I've been playing super hot mind control delete on my steam deck and I cannot put it down when I pick it up. I have played three, four hour sessions on this game. Um, it's, it's a weird game. It's like very spooky in parts of it, which is sounds really weird. Is it like, Um, it looks like it's like a lot like the first super hot. Yeah. It, and I haven't played any super hot. This is the first super hot game I've ever played. Um, but it, it kind of makes you feel like you're kind of, uh, hacking a system and the system's falling apart and it gets glitchy in areas, almost like, um, you know, one thing it reminded me of just a little bit, which was really weird was, um, what was the game with the, with the chicks in the school? (laughs) What was that? Um, God, what was that name of that? Literature club. Yes. Doki Doki literature club. Oh, I gotcha. Yeah. It reminded me a little glitchy like that because this is kind of trying to make you feel like you're in a kind of a computer system and you're um, that things are glitching out and then you get power ups and stuff. But this game, I am loving it. And it the the pictures don't really do it justice. Yeah. But what you're doing is you're going like at first at first you're just it's very simple. You go through this level and then it 
then it's like, okay, now we're going to add hearts and you get hearts. And now that now you have kind of life that you have to use. And then when you beat that level, it, it, it rolls the credits and you're thinking, oh man, this game was short. This, I mean, it was fun, but it's short. And then at the end of the credits, it glitches and it's like, you know, it gives you some kind of platitudes or whatever. And then it says it moves on to more levels. And so they're always trying to trick you and it's very weird and atmospheric, but I am so much digging it. So if you, for people that don't know super hot, basically the action on the screen only moves forward when you move. So if you stop, if you stop, all the action stops. And so you can like look around you and kind of figure out what your next move is going to be. So like if you're, if there's a guy, an enemy in front of you and you stop, you can see like the bullet leave his gun and it's starting to head towards you. Well, you can like just start moving left, but that makes move, you know, the whole game move forward. So it's and someone like might be sneaking up going into bullet time. Then it's like bullet time. Yeah. And then people are flanking you on the sides you can punch, you can grab weapons, you can throw your weapon, and then when you hit the enemy, he loses his weapon, like it gets tossed up in the air and you can go grab it. Um, it it's a really a kind of a harder game to explain, and even the videos don't really do it justice, but while you're playing it, it's... It just makes sense. <laughs> it's, it's, it's amazing. I am hooked on this game. And every time I pick up my Steam Deck, I just that this is the game I want to play. And I've gotten to a level now. I think I'm probably very close to the end because it's gotten really difficult. Um, but I, it, it, I'll, I'll die 20 times, and I don't care. I want to keep playing it. I so like this, the uh, the cutscenes when it glitches out when it's kind of like a DOS screen, isn't it? And that's exactly yeah, what it is. It's yeah, very like DOS like ANSCI graphics, the ANSI graphics or something like that. Yeah, yep. it looks, looks really cool, doesn't it? And there's a game that got really popular once they translated it to VR. So can you imagine this with VR, Eric? Wow. Yeah. Yeah, and, and exactly. And, and when I tell people about this, because I was talking to the Retroist, which is another podcaster, and I was online telling him about this, and he's like, oh. I didn't know they kept making these. He's like, I played the VR one and yeah. I didn't even know there was a VR one, but man, this game in VR would just blow my mind. <laughs> but nice. I am loving this. It, yeah, I'm, I'm putting this on my little whiteboard. This might be my game of the year. Ooh, ooh, got to knock it off. So already in 2023, so I have, have to catch up with you. How's, how's Brotato and uh, Lamb, uh, Cult of the Lamb coming along? Or those well, Cult of the Lamb I've had to leave behind, but I still load up Brotato because i got to try different loadouts and, and stuff. So Brotato's still, still playing, but right. yeah, Cult right. of the Lamb I've left behind. Gotcha. Tim, we've been playing some uh, 32-bit games for the show, but it sounds like you might have played something else while you had that out. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was exploring the Saturn again, um, went through some of the library, and I looked up on, I think it was on the Retro Gamer um, magazine website. They've got like a top 10. Yeah. Um, so I thought I just wanted just you know, just to see some, some other games on the Saturn whilst I had it out. Um, so I downloaded three games. Uh, I've never seen this version. It's uh, Daytona, the circuit edition. Yeah. The fancy one. Extra, one. Extra. Track. Yeah. I think it was only ever released in Japan. Um, 
but this has got um a lot more enhanced modes on it so you've got um you've got the traditional tracks um you've got you can select all the different cars so normally you're just what is it playing with the hornet i think it is um uh, there might be one other car that you can select on the yeah, original arcade version. I can't can't quite remember, but you can select all of the different cars in the race. So you've got sort of like, and they rank them between sort of like beginner, uh, medium, expert. So you've got some are really fast, but you've got kind of um, difficult to control. Um, it's got uh, new music, new remixed versions of music, um, and yeah, if so if you like Daytona like I do, um that's one well worth having a look at. Daytona! That's the one. <laughs> <laughs> uh the next one is a game that you guys have, have played obviously an awful lot, I think, is Radiant Silver Gun. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one I've I've picked up a couple of times. Um I I didn't put too long into this one, I must admit, because it's it's not one that I've ever really got on a lot with. Um I just die over and over again on this one, but I just wanted to just get it on a on a disc and have it there so I can um hopefully just sort of like dig into that one a bit more. Yeah, I haven't um, clicked with that I one really yet yet either because you really have to focus on the different shot patterns and where you use which shot pattern. You kinda have to learn your way through it. Yeah. And so I haven't, I actually tried to load that up myself too when I had my Saturn at this time, but uh, it froze after the first level. So I don't know what's going on. Oh, right. okay. I'll probably never get off the first level, so I won't know that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the one that I really wanted to talk about was Digital Pinball Now. Uh, never <laughs> this, this needs some pronunciation. It's Necronomicon. The Necronomicon. Yeah, Necronomicon, bro. Yeah. Have you guys played this one before? I have no, not. no. This is brilliant. It is absolutely brilliant. It is a fantastic pinball game. Um, it's kind of along the lines, I guess, of sort of like the 16-bit pinballs where you've got uh, four selectable tables, um, but the themes on the table is just uh, amazing. Um, the the look and the feel and the sound of the game is brilliant. It's a visceral experience because it's kind of got that uh, spooky, deep voice always going on in the background, commentating on what you're doing and um, other bits and pieces. Um, the tables are really well designed. Um, unfortunately, it's all the instructions are in Japanese. <laughs> so you do have to kind of like... Um, find your way in a in a pinball in your natural pinball sense into what you can do but there's it's all all the instructions on the screen are in english but the scoring in this is off the chart i mean even for a pinball game it's nuts i mean i first game i did on one of these tables i was like up into the 200 millions or something ridiculous like that and then i know my <laughs> pinball has improved slightly but not maybe that much <laughs> um, awesome. but yeah so there's four different selectable tables um the graphics and the sound are amazing it's kind of like um it looks cool uh i don't know is it a, a an occult a horror theme or something like that yeah i was yeah. gonna say cody should know this the necronomicon nope. is like a fictional book that was in hp lovecraft uh stories cthulhu quite a bit. so yeah Necro- it's the book of the dead bound in human flesh and and it's um <laughs> it's it's also in all the evil dead movies oh is it i've never yep. seen those yet yeah, <laughs> really yeah We've oh. talked about it. Well, I need to watch, I need to see those, but oh uh, yeah, the Necronomicon. Yep, the book that uh, you, written by a madman and uh, 
yeah, there's, you know, things in there that if you say them out loud, they bring dead to life and all kinds of that kind of crazy occult stuff. But yeah, you're, yeah. you're right. So I'm surprised, Cody, that you haven't played this one. So, I yeah, didn't even know about it, to be honest with you. We really need to pick this one up. It's I didn't brilliant. know about it either. It's, no I mean, idea. I'm, you know me, I love pinball fantasies on the Amiga mm-hmm. and all that sort of stuff. And I think oh, it's close between this one and pinball Ooh. fantasies now for me for one of the best pinball games of all time. This is really yeah, high praise. Really, really good. I love it. I love it. It's brilliant. Hmm. It's very, very good. Cool. Yep. Gotta give that a shot. All right. That's so fine. In, uh, in pinball games, you get to hit towers an awful lot. What have you got there, Cody? <laughs> well, if you hit like 57 towers. 57. Um, so I, um, I think in the last, last month, I talked about how I was playing Tower 57, which was a, a game written for the modern Amigas. That's right. The modern ones. The I can't remember what the name of them are right now, but the, the ones they're selling right now, new. Um, and I was really enjoying that game. It was really cool, top-down kind of twin-stick shooter. Lots of story elements, but not beating your head over this, you know, with the, with story. But really loved it. Uh, finished it. And then, if you remember, I just mentioned how I picked up a couple new Steam games, including Arietta of Spirits. And guess what? I played through that and beat it. Ooh, um, nice. Yeah, let me show. I'll show off a quick little bit of that. Uh, it was a game. I've never on, heard of it. I never have either. I just saw it and I watched a little video. I'm like, man, it looks kind of good. And I would say it was it was a short game. I think I beat it in about four hours altogether, five hours. And it's a fun little kind of retro inspired RPG. Very simple, nothing terribly difficult. Um, but you are uh, a little girl going on a camping trip with her parents, and then. Uh, weird, you know, Japanese story stuff happens. Next thing you know, you're fighting, <laughs> you're in this alternate dimension fighting off beasts and trying to save like your, your grandma's spirit. I don't know. It's some weird thing, but it's a uh, action RPG, cool graphics. Um, you've got your little spirit guides walking you around, explaining things to you, maybe a little more story than I want, but not too much. And it's, you know, you're attacking things and adding, finding things to buy other things to add health points to add magic points and um, very simplified but fun action RPG. That's that's what it is. Yeah, it looks so there good. you go. Yeah, I enjoyed playing through that. Um, ooh, Eric's been playing around with his Mister. Yeah, just a couple of quick Mister updates. Um, so the Mister, I don't know if you guys knew this, but the Mister does not include Bluetooth. Um, natively. So if you want to do Bluetooth, you have to add a Bluetooth dongle on there. And I wanted to get that new 8-bit Doe Pro controller that I got uh, around Christmas time. Uh, I wanted to get that to work with the Mister so I could use it. And so I went literally to Best Buy and grabbed a little Bluetooth dongle for like 20 bucks or something. But there's an approved list of Bluetooth dongles that work with the mister and I grabbed the right one. Luckily they had it at Best Buy. I plugged that in. Now my Bluetooth controller works just fine with it. And then um, Tim had sent me back that MT32 that he, you had grabbed for me there. Um, but now the challenge is I have to buy a Raspberry Pi to attach to it. Yeah, and <laughs> they are very difficult to find and track down. And I could cannibalize something else that I have. I have like three or four like two or three uh, Raspberry Pis around, but I'm just going to wait. I, I'm not in any hurry, but I'm going to wait until I can get a Raspberry Pi to plug that in. So the MT32 will allow me to do 
full MIDI on the uh, PC cores, like the AO486 core or the PCXT core or whatever, whatever supports the MT32 add-on um, so that you can get true MIDI sounds out of it. So all those LucasArts games and stuff like that will, will play like these beautiful. Oh, yeah, that's right. I remember that. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yep. And a lot so, of them have got specific Roland MT32 support as well, haven't they? Not just the standard MIDI. That's right. Yep. Yeah. So I'll do, I'm going to get it all working eventually. Another thing I might have to do is that will only plug into one particular port on the Mister, and that port is concealed on mine right now because it's in that keyboard case. I'm going to have to cut another hole into it to allow uh, me to plug that into it. So. Um, so I'm not in any hurry. I'm just going to wait. I bet that'll be a summer project probably as inventory becomes available for that. And we'll get that running, but I'm, I'm preparing for it right now. So perfect. So speaking of purchasing, a something like a raspberry Pi, what have you purchased him? <laughs> well, I kind of purchased it, but, uh, for, for Danica. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Danica got, uh, Kirby, the forgotten land cool looking um, game so i think this one came out uh in the summer uh might have been i don't think it's like super recent um but this is fantastic it's a brilliant game it um, is I, I i haven't played it myself i've just sat watching danica play it for ages <laughs> um she's really enjoying this it's it's good because she's kind of getting that coordination now in in the games where she's you know yeah proper playing platform games you know like it really yep like oh wow you know you're pretty good at this now <laughs> um i know the kirby games aren't the most difficult but you know it's it's good um, the original ones weren't like easy about the, this kirby stuff is that you can you've got like the uh, you can swallow items and you kind of like take on their form um so as you're going through the game um you uh, have got to complete certain um tasks as you're going through each level um and some of them is like well it's one screen that you put up there so you kind of like you've got a a a little race course that you've got to complete so you've got a car so kirby sort of like literally just jumps and opens up his mouth and swallows up the car and becomes the car so you're racing around tracks um you and you've got um was it coaster kirby so you get actually going on these roller coasters and the with the graphics on it, it actually makes you feel like you're on the roller coaster. And as you're going through the roller coaster, you've got to sort of like kind of move left and right to pick up um, coins or stuff, magic stars as you're going through the levels. Um, but yeah, this is just a really nice game and she's just making a good, good progress through the game um, and rescuing the waddle dees as she goes. Anytime I can get my daughter to watch a show that's not like a YouTube piece of garbage or play a game that's actually a scripted game with a beginning, middle, and end rather than just fighting through Roblox garbage, I'm happy. Yeah. So <laughs> so I, I did talk about this game uh, many months back when it first came out. I downloaded uh-huh. the demo mm-hmm. and I played through the entire demo until it which is pretty rare for me. Usually I get a demo and I don't really play. I just dabble in it. And, but I played through the whole thing and really enjoyed it. And I thought one day, if I ever see this on sale, I'll grab it. And I just haven't yet, but it's a, definitely a possibility that i will someday it's a first yeah, party I, nintendo I game i recommend it and then once danica's finished it i'm gonna play it so <laughs> yeah there you go 
It's a first party um, yeah, Nintendo we, we game. Exactly it's not going on sale. We, 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 we downloaded the demo um, and uh, she, they played through that. We had some friends over. They played through it. So, yeah, she yeah. kind of got the bug for it and said, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll really want that. So, yeah, yeah. it's good. Cool. Very cool. So we did something similar, which was uh, our ne- uh, nephew got a Switch, and he, with his Switch, got Mario Party Superstars, the new Mario Party game. Mm-hmm. And uh, the girls played a little bit, and they fell in love with it. And I'm like, man, we used to play that on the Nintendo 64. I was trying to get my whole family into it back then. Um, this should only be a couple of years ago. But they fell in love with this new one, so I'm like, whatever. I'm spending a full price on a Mario Party Superstars game, and we've been playing Mario Party like nightly uh, and loving it, so... Everyone knows what Mario Party is, I think, for the most part. But um, the new one's really good. There's there's another one that came out on Switch a couple years ago, and it's not as good from what I hear. But this new one is, it re- redoes a lot of the mini games and boards from the original Mario Party think, 1 through 5 or 1 through 6 or whatever. Um, but it's really good, really fun. We're having a blast. It's not fair, don't get me wrong. You You can win everything, and then they just decide to give stars to the most unlucky player and the most... Um, whatever player, and all of a sudden somebody who's been awful the whole game wins, and everyone just screams and goes crazy. But, <laughs> That's the fun of it. But yeah, as long as you know, it's just it's like playing a board game with your family where there's a lot of luck involved, and you just enjoy it for what it is. So and people yeah. making up the rules as they go along. <laughs> yeah, except the game does that for you exactly. <laughs> uh, last um, one, Tim. Yeah. So a couple of things. Um, I didn't get a chance to get my Evercade verses out over Christmas, which is what I was hoping to do. Um, but I did pick up a game, um, uh, whilst I was out. And when we, when we bought Kirby, uh, we went into game, which is, a, a, a sort of like one of the biggest game chains left over here in the UK. Um, and they had some Evercade stuff in there. Oh, yeah. Wow. Uh, so I got the Atari Lynx collection two nice uh, so this one's got oh that's great uh california games uh was it chips challenge uh blue lightning um what else has it got on there uh zar zarlo mercenary uh checkered flag which is awful uh <laughs> electro cop and gates of zendicon um so yeah this is still sealed so i haven't had a chance to have a go on this one yet but uh yep yeah, um i was getting close to getting the the evercade out but then i got stuck on all the amstrad stuff and <laughs> into the <laughs> that'll happen. stuff so that'll that'll have to wait we'll talk about that maybe a bit more next month um another qu- very quick pickup is uh you know me and my obsession with commodore 64 disc games um so this is a really cool game that i like which is um the great cross-country american road race yeah um, i, I remember that game but from back in the day yeah, yeah. Um, I've got it on tape, and uh, this one I picked up for an absolute bargain. Um, it's a little bit dented, it's a little bit beat up, but I don't mind. It's in my collection, and I was quite pleased to get that. Um, now, one one other very quick thing that I've managed to acquire in the last few days is an old-school <laughs> IBM Think, ThinkPad. ThinkPad. Oh, wow. <laughs> so this thing is a pentium 4 sweet so it's proper old school it's got the a key missing on it um, yeah 
but um yeah and this actually all works it's all fully working it's got the original <laughs> hard drive in it it's what is it a 40 gig hard drive it's, i think it's got about two mega ram in it which is big and it runs windows xp quite nice um but this is i'm going to try and get this into a dos gamer um, oh nice so i'm going to get um dos and windows 3.1 on there or something like that It'll probably run really really quick on this but <laughs> that's great yeah, and uh, it's got the sound built in and everything like that. So, uh, yeah, that's quite a nice little acquisition there. Fun. Pleased with that one. Very cool. And thus endeth catching up, I believe. Yes. Yep, that is true. Sufficiently caught up. We are sufficiently caught up, but we are not sufficiently liquored up. Tim, Eric, yes. it is time for our final beer, which Tim will partake with at least for a sip, I believe. Yes. Tim, do you want to? Yeah, maybe you can introduce this beer to everybody since uh, you have more intimate knowledge of it than we do. Yeah, so I think you guys have been drinking some of the wild beers that I got you. Is that all, right? Yeah, all month. It's been a, a wild beer month. The four you got us are being. This is the four fourth of four. Okay, so did you did you talk about the sad news about wild beer? We did. You did. Wait, and every time we well, drink a beer, we pour, we pour one out for our homies at Wild Beer okay. Company. There's some good news. I got a press release the other day, and they've been bought out. So the beers are still going to be available. Wow! Look at that. <laughs> Did you Such buy them out, Tim? This is the big news. Tim bought them out. Yeah. Oh, nice! <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations. Um, yeah. So they're, they're they're still going to be available. So that's good. Um, good I think they might good. be cutting down the range a little bit, but I think the. So like you've, I think you've just had Millionaire and that sort of stuff. That's one of their staples, the wild beer and, and that sort of stuff. They, they may not go with some of the more expensive ones. The um, mushroom? Yeah. I don't, I don't think we get <laughs> breakfast of champions back, unfortunately. But <laughs> uh, So yeah, this one is the Wild Beer Company and this is a Cherry Moon Fruit Beer. Um, it's their 10 Wild Years, so I think it's a celebration beer. Um, and I picked this up on a on a recent trip over there. So this is full of cherry, vanilla, and sour. A thirst quenching, vibrant session sour, bursting with big juicy cherry flavors. Tartness balanced with mouth watering sweet vanilla. Chill and enjoy. So I think we should to... start by chilling. Yeah, and then we'll get to enjoy. Perfect. I thought mm-hmm. I had this one in, in the in the fridge, in the refrigerator, um, but I didn't. But it's quite cold in the utility, so it's it's <laughs> not chilled, chilled, but I think it should be all right. In the utility. Okay. And pouring Talking about the pour, this thing is pink as it gets. Is it? Mine's, I'm drinking from the can, so take your word for it. Looks like a nice rosé. Who's going to take the first sip? All of us. Cheers, my friends. Cheers. Cheers. Prost. Get that immediate yeah. sour. Yeah, yeah, but not. It's not a. It's not a punch in the throat sour though. No, it's also not a punch you in the face cherry, which is what I was worried about. No. Yeah. Oh, now now I'm getting the vanilla come through at the end. Mm. All the flavors are light toothpaste? though. I don't know. <laughs> toothpaste. <laughs> oh, <did> you, <laughs> yeah. More, you know, those morning beers as we like to do. Yeah. <laughs> This is, uh, I'm actually, uh, I like it. It's going to be lethal. <laughs> I really like it. Yeah, I really like it too. It's refreshing. 
Mm. All right. So while you think about this, uh, Tim, for all of these beers this month, we're doing 12 points because that's a 12 point buck on the, on the cover there. Yeah. Um, it's a, I think it, it it's a little better than the last sour that we had. I think it's got a little more going on for me. Um, okay. It's good. I'm not getting the... Yeah, I guess I get the vanilla. It's a little roundness of the vanilla. Mm. I'd still kind say it's... Van- vanilla cherry flavor, isn't it? Yeah. I like that. It's nice. It I is nice. That yeah. Later on. yeah. <laughs> I think, I think I'm going. I'm going to go nine out of twelve. Good drinkable. I think that's a good shout. I'm going to. I'm going to go with a nine on that as well. I'm going to do a nine and a half. Nine Ooh, and a half. Wow, Eric, <laughs> more than nine. Look at this cherry moon. Tell me, these cherries were picked at least three weeks before the frost came. Ah, I see. I see. <laughs> it's been a good year. They didn't split. It didn't get too cold. Correct. Pick. Yeah, and I think they were they were Madagascan vanilla beans. Oh yes, exactly. <laughs> the finest of the vanilla beans. Um, all right, time for us to jump on in to our battle of the systems. Battle of the systems. <laughs> And this is our battle that Eric put together for us, as we mentioned at the beginning of the show, between two 32-bit powerhouses of brawler goodness. Um, Guardian Heroes on the Sega Saturn versus Captain Commando on the PlayStation 1, which is an arcade port. And uh, Tim, you, you're Mr. Mister Data, so which one do you want to start with today? Uh, Mr. Data will start with Guardian Heroes on Sega Saturn. Mm, thank you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Do you want me to... I've I've done a rating system as well, if you want. Sure. Rating system. That sounds yeah. fantastic. Okay. Yes. So yes. first off, we're going to go with a rating system. So here in Somerset, in the town of Taunton, not too far away from me, is the garrison headquarters of the Royal Marines 40 Commando Squad. The squad was first set up in 1942 and have fought many battles throughout the years. They're still going to this day. So in honour of 40 Commando, our rating system will be a score out of 1942. Mm. All right, there we go. 1942. (laughs) So first game, I think we're going to go with Guardian Heroes because that's what I've got listed on my sheet first. Uh, so this is a Sega Saturn game. The publisher is the awesome powerhouse that is Treasure. Um, this is published in 1996 in Japan uh, and the USA and Europe at the same time. Um, and I found this out through Cody and also through my research. It was also released on the Xbox 360 arcade in <laughs> 2011. Uh, the game type, it's a beat-em-up and action RPG Um, You can have one or two players. So the intro to the game is a supreme being has created the universe to find ultimate warriors to hire its personal soldiers. 
a vicious battle was waged between the earth and the sky spirits. The sky spirits bestowed incredible powers on the humans, effectively making powerful wizards of their own again. The humans wizards joined the effort against the sky spirits, banishing them into the darkness. Soon after this was accomplished, the sky spirits grew fearful and jealous of the humans and banished them all into the darkness with the earth spirits. Mankind instead opted for a more physical approach to life and the time of the sword began. I'm going to stop you there real quick to make a quick point. If you are a fan of Japanese anime, then you probably followed that story and enjoyed it. I fell asleep like two minutes ago. (laughs) (laughs) The anime stories kill me. They're so bizarre and far-fetched. I just can't follow them. So, anyway, words on the page. Oh my gosh, it really is. I, I I'm I'm jumping ahead, but I skipped. I I started skipping the the wordage uh, very quickly in this game. But yes, yeah, continue. I'm sorry. There is sorry. there is a lot of wordage. Wordage. Uh, so, gameplay: Guardian Heroes is a 2D side-scrolling beat 'em up with RPG elements. The story can be altered by the player with branching paths that lead to multiple endings. It also includes a karma meter that is affected by killing civilians and enemies. Um, The game includes a story mode as well as a versus mode where up to six players can compete in battles. Uh, Players can earn experience points from battles battles even to increase strength, vitality, intelligence, mentality, agility and luck. Strength increases character. Uh, strength increases character strength and how far enemies fly when, uh, f- when hit. Um, vitality increases uh, HP. Intelligence increases size and strength of spells. Mentality increases um, MP and how quickly MP is recovered. Agility increases speed of physical and magical attacks. And luck modifies the damage the player gives and receives. Uh, you can play between different characters. So you've got Han, Randy, Nicole, Grinju, and Serena. Uh, now, the controls in this one, <laughs> there are many. <laughs> um, so you've got uh, A button to auto guard. B is a weak attack. Uh, C button is a fierce attack. X is um, undead, undead command select. <laughs> Y is jump to another plane. Uh, Z is select magic. And then you've got the normal D-pad. So you've got uh, up to jump on this one and down to crouch. Uh, The left button is jump one plane backwards and right is jump one plane forwards. So you can go in and out of the screen. This is one of the the things on this game. Uh, Reviews, CMG Magazine. I'm going to stop you real real quick there to go over the controls again real quick. So I'm going to have to rehash it all over again. But so... Everything you said is correct, but ultimately, I, the way I think it, it plays, uh, to, to describe it to people, it plays like a fighting game, like a Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat kind of a game. Uh, that's why up to jump makes sense in this game. And then you have a button to send you further into the background. There's kind of three planes. So you can play basically like Street Fighter 2 in the front, in the middle, or in the back. And enemies jump between those different planes which is why there's all those extra buttons. But I think the primarily buttons are block, weak attack, strong attack. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right. Sorry. 
Um, so Computer Video Game Magazine um, gave it a 93%, saying it's a sprite-based mayhem on a scale you could have never imagined a brilliant scrolling beat-em-up. Um, I did have a quick look at prices for this game. Um, the European version, there's one for sale uh, box. This is kind of a spicy meatball um, uh, for about £100, and that's got no manual. The Japanese versions are a bit cheaper, around about £60 to £70, and the USA version seems to be the one that really fetches the money, which is around about $200. That's the dry stats. What about the game, guys? Eric? So few things about this game. Uh, let's talk about some of the pros. Uh, I, the graphics are really cool in this game. You can't really argue about that. I, I think the graphics are very, um, I guess, cartoony with a bit bit of anime. But, I mean, it, it really could. They're unique. Could, they're they're unique. unique. They're kind yeah. of. I haven't seen any other game that looks like this. It's hard to compare it to something else. Yeah. Correct. In a good it's way. Unique. In a good way. Um, it has almost like a a scalar effect to it where depending on who's on the screen, it has nothing to do with the depth thing when you're moving back and forth. But when, uh, first of all, when you play this game, you're never alone. You always have companions with you that are playing, fighting alongside with you. When they get further away from you, the screen zooms out. Yeah. If you notice that effect. When they get closer to you, the screen zooms in, and it, it's, it's a very neat scalar effect uh, that is on the fly in this game. It, this game has a lot. You can just tell that it's like made by a company like Treasure, which it's made by Treasure. Um, a lot of thought w- was put into the graphics. Um, I, I, it, it, I like I said, I've never played a game like it. I mean, it's really pretty cool some of the light rpg elements in it things like that some of the cons about this um i never got into the i i never got used to the jumping to the different planes um it's not like it's hard it's just a button some buttons that you use to jump to the different planes back and forth but to me, it's a lost opportunity because by the time this game came out, there were already games like Streets of Rage 2 and Final Fight and Captain Commando where you don't have to do that. You can run back and forth in kind of a 2.5 degree plane like like a Streets of Rage or a Final Fight. You don't have to go. And I get what you're saying that it's like streets like, like Street Fighter where it's kind of like a fighting game. but it, I never quite got used to shifting to the different planes. So that's a big con for me. I, I just found it a big hassle, to be honest. And then to, the piggyback, second, to piggyback on that real quick, I would say, yeah. I would say it was a lost opportunity as well. I actually like the plane jumping thing. I thought it'd be really cool because those 2.5D games, it drives me nuts when you can't tell where you're at compared to the enemy. And this yeah. game, and this game is really obvious. Are you in the front in the back or in the middle? Um, yeah. But ultimately, gameplay did, really didn't affect it because if you just waited there, all the enemies would jump to your plane. I mean, correct. And so that will the correct. and so will the the second player computer. Now it might be more fun if you're actually playing two player with another human, and yep. maybe that'll come more into play. But everyone yep. just kind of joins you uh, when you're playing with a, a computer. So yeah, sorry, I second. Mean, I I think when you're jumping between those planes, you it just gets confusing as well because 
everything kind of jumps into that plane and everything's on that one area and it's just an absolute you know uh, sword fest for the want of a better word is you you end up losing what you're actually hitting or whether you've hit something or something like that yeah yeah it just it just gets a bit confusing yep the second con for me is that um and you guys other people will totally fight me on this and that's okay I don't like cutscenes, and this game is chock full of them. <laughs> of like, basically, you get done with a level, and all of a sudden, there's a story that goes on and on. I'm playing a video game. I want to play a game. I don't want to read a story. I don't want to. Reading is not fun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to let my daughter hear that. Yeah, try, exactly. Try don't let read more books. This, but reading isn't fun in a video game. Um, and I don't want to read and I don't want to deal with these cutscenes. So like tamper the, like I, I've, I've actually grown, um, better about accepting cutscenes, but I do appreciate it when they're more brief and, and, uh, more part of the story, I guess this just, you're just reading stuff and, and it's a, it's a, it's a bummer in a video game when you're supposed to be playing and there's supposed to be action. I, I don't, I don't dig it. So that's a con for me, but what did you think, Cody? Uh, I agree with a lot of that. Um, there's a game that I've heard great things about and on paper, I was very excited. The graphics looked amazing. Um, but I, I'm just going to say it right now. It took me a long time to get to this point to kind of realize this. I think I need to be just honest with myself and with you guys and have a heart to heart. I think I have realized that I don't like brawlers. I don't enjoy them. Um, so that already kind of puts a little bit of... <laughs> <laughs> um, we, I can get more into that later, I guess. But, <laughs> but ultimately, these games are cool, and I like the set pieces and some of the stuff yes. they're doing, but they're, they're just such repetitive games that I have a hard time really getting into them. I mm-hmm. think um, brawlers in general, not just this game, but I'll talk about this game too. Uh, in this game, I think there's a lot. It's got like, Street Fighter moves, and like you can do. There's like if you look up the uh, in in the menu when you hit pause and stuff, you can find like twelve different moves your character can do with like different arcs and A plus B or jump in the air and press down in A with an arc and left to front and whatever. And you can do all these things. There's all kinds of things you can do, but they're not necessary. They're kind of just more to do and this game is really built like an arcade game which you can just kind of coin feed till the end if you want to yeah um which makes it an arcade game to me which is fun to play through once and then never again uh where when i hear rpg i usually think of a game i want to sink my teeth into and get better at and improve my character stats the stats you just kind of read what they do they don't do that much I was really excited about that whole RPG element and leveling up and buying things. It really doesn't change the gameplay much. Um, it's really just a pretty straightforward beat em up with some cool twists. And um, I love the branching paths. There's, you could probably replay it to try to see all the different levels. There's, I mean, I was on the th- quote unquote fourth level, I think, that I was playing, and it said level 26. So there's a lot of different levels i guess that you could play but um they're all very similar as far as the actual gameplay goes which is what's important so i did play this with the big guy with the big blue guy with the big sword um i tried playing it with the the small little like sailor moon looking girl and it was really hard she had a weird move set yeah um 
That's one I thing know. I did like is that the different characters felt different. Like yeah. they definitely did. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. They were, they were on the money with that. So when you say brawlers though, Cody, I mean, teenage mutant Ninja turtles, you didn't like that. Uh-oh. We'll get to, <laughs> that's a I different conversation. Eric here. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll get we'll get to this conversation shortly, I'm sure. But for the time right. being, let's check in with Tim on this one. To episode 100. <laughs> <laughs> so, Tim, what did you think about this? Uh, pretty much everything that you guys said, but I actually enjoyed this to the point where I wanted to play it more. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually work through the whole story mode. But again, because I was playing on physical hardware, um, I couldn't use snapshots or anything like that. And the amount of cutscenes in this does make it a chore. I can understand we are in story mode, so this is the story, and you're going through the story, so you need to read through the story. Um, but there was a, and it is very heavy in that sense. Yes, um, I agree. But I, I, I will say I enjoyed the game. Um, the jumping in and out, once you kind of like play it a bit, you kind of get a bit more used to it. Um, so I, I had an issue to start off with it, but it is something that you need to do in the game to to play the game, to get used to the mechanics. So I wasn't too upset about that side of things. Um, but generally overall, um, did, did you guys try the versus mode? No, because I, I didn't have anyone to play with. But same here. I, I watched videos of people playing it though, and it looks really fun. It's hard. <laughs> I can <laughs> I get the first level. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like whoa. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I gave the versus mode a quick try, um, and I think in this one you've got the uh, the traditional sort of like the uh, option style screen, and you can go through all the sound effects and music in the game. So I I sat there and went through a few bits and pieces of that as well. Um, but yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I enjoyed this, and I can understand why this has kind of got a bit of a cult following. Um, yes, because it is a you know if you like this style of game, then this is definitely the one to play absolutely you know it's 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 really good and i i quite like the element where you're going in between uh, it, it backwards and forwards in the in the planes in the game whereas with the standard brawlers like cody said sometimes it's a bit weird how you um yeah. with the perspective yeah uh, kind of like you know for it can be definitely captain commando and fire yep. fight and all those sort of games you, you'd get used to it in the end but i like that where you're kind of like stuck on one one particular part and then you've got to jump to the other and then the characters come in with you so you're not always trying to line up where you're hitting if you see what i mean yep sure. I, I i want this is a crown jewel for sega saturn i mean you hear yep. about this game all the time yeah and I can imagine if I was a, a kid of a particular age and this was one of the few games that I had, because you may, might maybe only have five, six, seven games, you could really sink your teeth into this. I mean, you could play it over and over, learn all the moves of characters and and master this game. So I get its appeal, but for me, it just, it, it especially the cutscenes were such a bummer for me. I don't know. 
Yeah, I, yeah. I guess that you've got those two elements of the game, haven't you? Whereas you go through the yep. story mode, like Coley said, you're probably not going to go through the story mode maybe more than once or twice. And then after that, you're then into the versus mode on the game and you're actually then into kind of like the, the beat em up, aren't you? The, the, <laughs> yeah. the fighter game. Um, so there's, there's two sides of it. So you've got good value in the game. There's no doubt about it. Um, and you know, graphically it's brilliant. Uh, the, the technicality of it with the, with the screen zooming effect and all that sort of stuff is really good. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, there, there's a lot to it. Um, it's just those darn cutscenes a bit too long. <laughs> so let's give a score. And then I want to show you a quick, uh, uh, the updated Xbox version, just so you can see it. Um, sure. I'll go ahead and throw out a score. So out of 1942, which is roughly 2000, that'll help me gauge. 1347. 1347, really? 1347. I was actually going to pick probably about 1350. <laughs> I, I'm serious. That's what I had yeah. in my mind. All right. All right. Tim, where do you fall on this one? Um... Yeah, I, I'm kind of in that ballpark. I, I'll go 1360. Oh. <laughs> so we're all kind of like C minus, like kind of. Yeah. 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 All right. Yeah. I, I had some good ideas and I really wanted to love it, but I had to be honest with myself. I don't. I don't. I think I was really excited about the RPG elements and then the clicking back and forth, and they just kind of didn't add anything, unfortunately. But so what I wanted to show you real quick. I played this version uh, on the Xbox. It is the Xbox 360 version with up-res graphics. Now, they have a remix mode, which I did not try. I played the original mode, which is the same version of the game you guys played. But you can choose to put on the new HD graphics or not. Mm-hmm. And I actually played through most of this with the graphics, the new graphics. And then I went back to the old ones. And I vastly prefer the original pixel, hand-drawn pixel graphics. Yeah. These look weird. Um Let's see here. And I can't really describe it. It's like, it's like a, how do you like uncanny Valley? Is that what they call it? Where something looks like, yeah, kind of good and real on one perspective. But when you actually see it, like something's really off about it and it just weirds you out. Um, That's kind of this. And I think a big part of it is they take those sprite models and like up res them with software. So they don't look natural. And then all like the health bars and stuff are super high res. Yeah. And it makes the whole thing look disjointed and weird. Let me see if I can find another picture of it. It actually looked even weirder on a on a bigger screen too. And then they kind of changed this upgrade. Here's a random girl trying to sell that as a very uh, realistic. Oh yeah. that's well, very realistic. I, I don't know. I'd say twenty percent of her doesn't look very real, but no. um here you go. So they kind of redid this screen too, where you upgrade your stats with your strength and your vitality and things like that too. Yeah. But, um, I don't know. I, I I vastly preferred the original pixelated look, honestly. Um, it kind of made it look more interesting and detailed than once they clean it up, you realize how sparse it really is. I don't know. And so they've got this kind of weird um, pencil effect. I don't know if you can kind of see that, like on the swords and his armor over here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Doesn't Didn't do it for me. It almost looks like they're made out of like smudged clay. <laughs> but anyways... Okay. That is game one. How right do I, on. How do I stop this thing? Hold on. I'm failing here. <coughs> well, go ahead and give us the, the raw deets on uh, Captain Commando, will you? Okay. 
Captain Commando, uh, published by, again, a powerhouse of publishing, Capcom. Um, it is published in the year 1998, and this is a Japanese-only game. Uh, the game type is, again, a, two, a 2D side-scrolling beat-em-up. Um, you can have up to four players, I believe, on Captain Commando, uh, because you can use, uh, is it like the PlayStation Tap, uh, the four-player adapter? So you can use the, so the four-player adapter, but you can only play three players unless you have a Game Shark. Yes, because you can unlock... The, Correct. the fourth player, I think, isn't it? Yeah. Yes, yes. That's weird. You have to unlock it. Is there a gameplay like quality reduction when you do that? I mean, why would they lock that out in the first place? I don't know. Huh. That's just what I read. Okay. Um, so the introduction to the game, um, the, cap, the, the commando team is on the run, a corrupt mutant group headed by sumo side plots to control the universe and now the battle has come to earth captain commando has assembled a team of three motley renegades to stop the crime wave and bring sumo side to its knees um so the controls on this one um is the usual sort of like capcom beat em up controls so you've got your character movement with the d-pad uh, you can jump, attack, um, plus you've got combinations uh, depending on which character you play with. And one thing I remember about this one, that if you, when you lose your energy and you can respawn, you can actually choose which character you come back as. Is that right? Is my, my memory serving me correctly? Correct. Yep. Most yep. Cap, I would say almost every Capcom beat them up is that way. So yeah, for sure. Hmm. Okay. Um, so the gameplay it's pretty simple compared to guardian hero heroes um, you control one of four characters so you've got captain commando mac the knife ginzu the ninja and baby commando so essentially <laughs> you kind of got to think uh, final fight or streets of rage for this game uh, walk to the right and beat the characters that come onto the screen um, and get to the boss at the end of the level uh, i believe there are nine levels to complete in this one um, so pretty simplistic this one uh, reviews are quite hard to find on this one because it's the playstation version um, and it was released in japan um, very late in kind of like the 2d uh, beat em up cycle uh, full case copies of this uh, on ebay uh, with the spine card are all complete they go for around about 140 to 200 depending on the seller because this was quite a rare game um, in the in the in the product cycle on the PlayStation, uh, that's pretty much it on Captain Commando. What do you guys think, Cody? You want to go uh, first on this one? Okay, this is uh, very much Capcom. I mean, it looks uh, the 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 health bars and the way when you when you fight an enemy, the enemy's health bar pops up underneath your name while you're fighting him, so you can see how much power that particular enemy has. It's very Capcom. Uh, if you've ever played any Capcom fighting fighter, you know, kind of starting with a uh, uh, final fight um, and moving forward, it's very much in the same vein, although the graphics are a little nicer. Um, let's just elephant in the room. Who on earth decided that we're going to go ahead and make one of the characters, a baby with a pacifier in its mouth inside of a giant robot mech. <laughs> that I is just it. the goofiest, craziest thing. It's probably if that wasn't in the game, I think this game would be really unnotable and kind of get lost 
honestly. <laughs> um, when you say Captain Commando, even though that's the name of the main character, I'm pretty sure everyone thinks of the baby mech. Uh, it's bizarre. Um, it's, it's, I would say it's honestly no better or worse than any other Capcom brawler. So, I mean, obviously trying to stay out of my opinion, my new newly, uh, understood opinions of brawlers. Um, that's a, for the most part, a pretty good thing. Uh, I, I like the weapons that, that get laid on the ground. They're each very unique and you kind of have to, once you pick one up, they're very effective, but you have to know how to use them. So there is a little more strategy to, to play, play in this game. All the levels like we're looking at right now, the city, the museum, the circus, the uh, they're very different and very unique and have really cool set pieces that are very interesting to play through once. Um, but like, it's funny that all the Capcom, you know, archetypes are, are here from final fight. You've got these weird skinny hunched over guys with knives, like in every other game you've got, um, the, there they are, the, the the kind of vixens, right? The hot girls who wear hardly any clothes but are going to attack you with chains. They're kind of, they're here too, uh, although they have these weird shock fork things. Um, it's it's funny how how formulaic this is and how much it really is very similar to Final Fight, uh, which is a game I loved growing up and in the arcades was just super exciting and um, you know it it epitomized arcade gaming for me, which was you know, how much better they looked in the home versions. Um, it's, it's fun. It's solid. It's got your jump and your attack button and you can jump and attack and you can press both buttons to do a power move and use up a little of your health and kind of all those standard tropes. And it's a decent brawler. So yeah, your comparison to final fight. I mean, even the city is the name, the same, this is Metro city, Metro city again. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. So this is the same. They do typically use the same tropes. And for a while, I guess they were using Captain Commando as kind of a, almost like a mascot for Capcom. Yeah. Um, you would see Captain Commando in a lot of different um, games as either the narrator or some kind of little mascot within the game. Um, I mean, I, I agree with everything you said. Like, it's pretty typical beat em up kind of same mechanics you can grab people you can throw them the energy of the enemy shows it beneath yours um there when you do a super move like some of them have where they touch the ground it shocks everyone around them or whatever it takes a bit of your energy so you kind of have to manage that you can't just use your superpower all the time because it hurts you um I I do love brawlers. I I I I love the genre. So I mean, this is just kind of the prototypical brawler. I mean, there's not much extra, and there's not much that's not there. It's got it's got everything that a brawler has. Uh, it's high action. It's a coin feeder, so you can just keep feeding it coins and changing your character to get to the end. Um, I don't think that's a downside. I think. I think, Cody, you've mentioned that that's kind of not a cool thing for you. But for me, if you're just having fun, like I'll play this game, this type of game with my son, where we'll just keep feeding it virtual quarters to just get through the game to the end. And we'll just keep playing Um, almost like a video game kind of playing in the background. Like we'll just keep playing it. We'll be chatting about something else and we'll just get through it all the way to the end. Yeah. 
One so, thing I noticed on this, sorry, Eric. Yeah, no, this please. end of level boss. Yeah. I was hitting this guy several times and the the energy his he was never actually taking any hits. That but particular I him. That the particular bar wouldn't wouldn't deplete. And it was just really frustrating. And then it got to the point where some all of a sudden I hit him and then the energy bar started to deplete. What what is why? Did you <laughs> did you use your up dog? <laughs> <laughs> don't don't answer that. Um that's awesome. What's up to oh sorry, I almost did that. Um so yeah, that boss was a particular pain in the butt. And the fact that he yeah. was a level two boss, I was like, this guy is way harder than any other boss yeah. in the whole game, except for the very end of the game where you fight two of them at once, which was just like my, my daughter and I played this game together, which is probably why I, um, it probably gave this game a little leg up over the other one because I played it with another live person, which is really how you should play a brawler. Yeah. Um, definitely. and, uh, but, we were, yeah, we were just coin feeding that particular boss, just going, oh my gosh, when's this guy going to, when are we going to be able to get a hit in because those knives come across the screen and you can't, you can't dodge them. But, um, yeah, so, so to this, this game is, and just like we keep saying, all the Capcom fighters, uh, brawlers, um, they fit this mold, they reuse it because it worked so well, and it is, it's, uh, it's, what do you call it? It's um, movie uh, movie popcorn. You, it's you just you have a big old bucket of it, and you just kind of keep shoveling it in your mouth until it's gone. And you enjoy the fact that you just ate the same thing for two hours until yeah. it disappeared. And uh, and so yeah, I think you nailed it on the head, Eric. And I think that's what I've kind of come to the conclusion of with brawlers is if I'm purely in the mood and I set myself up for like myself and one of my daughters or whatever, we're going to sit here and just play this game and talk. And it's really more about us hanging out together than playing a game. Then I can see the enjoyment in this game. But as a game, brawlers are such mindless, skillless. I mean, you can't, I'm sure there are people out there who are really good, but for the most part, you don't, you don't get better at a brawler. You just button smash until you get further in it. And the fact that you kind of have to coin feed, it kills me. It's very arcadey that way. And if I were to try to set myself and say, okay, I'm only giving myself one coin, how far can I get and see if I can get better? I probably wouldn't ever get that much better. You probably couldn't beat level three. So for me, a game is a, a it's a game of skill and I want to get better at it and complete it and, you know, have that be mean something to me. And th- these games aren't that they're simply, uh, they're quite literally a time passer, uh, which is not a problem, but as a game, it doesn't enthrall me. So there's my my ultimate view on on brawlers. I've decided. <laughs> okay, okay. Anyways, Tim, how did you like the game? Um, yeah, I I gotta admit it's it's just a, a standard another another brawler, isn't it? So if you like Final Fight and Streets of Rage that sort of stuff, then you're gonna like this. Um, I don't think there's an awful lot more to say about it. <laughs> Eric's getting so angry. I want to see a video of Eric right now. Hold on. It's it's pretty uh, <laughs> pretty, it's pretty standard Capcom. Fair. Yeah, I'm like. Um, I'm not saying I don't like the game. I'm just saying there's there's not a huge amount more to detail that you can go into it, is there? Really, it's. But, I know what you're saying. But it's what, ABC, another brawler, cousin. <laughs> what what you said, which is what I was checking on, Eric, is you just compared this game and said, yeah, it's just another Streets of Rage. 
like that wasn't a big thing for Eric. Yeah, yeah. it's it's that's that's a good thing. Streets of Rage is brilliant. I love love Streets of Rage. I've got no, nothing against any of, any of the brawlers as such. You know, I, I I'm quite happy to sit there and play a brawler, um, and I, I've got no, I've got no issue with it. But in terms of what makes this different from other ones, I don't think there's anything really that stands True. out majorly. That's what um, I I would agree with that. It just doesn't stand out. Yeah, except it's, it's the baby brawler. one. It's the one with the baby mech. Yeah, apart from, apart from the baby, baby with Binky. <laughs> There's no explanation. The whole game, they just kind of act like that's not a big deal. Like, yeah. oh yeah, you mean baby mech? Sure. Yeah. Like whatever. <laughs> I guess one thing that does stand out a little bit on this, if you were compare it to Streets of Rage and all and and Final Fight, is that you can actually jump into the mechs and take control of the mechs on this. That's true. Um, so you can ride on those, which kind of reminded me a little bit of Metal Gear in that sense. You kind yeah. of like jump into, into something and then you've got... So you've got that little point of difference, I guess, in, in there. Um, Although because of that whole perspective issue, I've died more times trying to get into the mech and failing than I did <laughs> yes. actually getting into the mech. Is it, is it kind of like a, a lesson in futility, isn't it? It's there, but you don't oh really gosh. need to because you're just going to take more damage trying to get on the yep. damn thing than you can inflict once you're actually on it that's it man and the names are funny uh these guys are called wookies you see the name there there's a there's a character later that his name is quite literally dick um (laughs) yeah and that second end level boss i always um read that as (laughs) let me let me see here i haven't i haven't i haven't got there yet let me see if i can get there so the final boss is named genocide jeez um, I see. There's Dick. There's Eddie. There's uh, Dog. Dog. I'm trying to find the boss you're talking about. I'm very curious now. Now we're back to genocide. Anyways, I don't know if you know how to spell the name, but uh, there's Skip. That's a good, a good American name. It was the second Skip. second level, so it's back. Oh, second level. Second My... level. Yeah, the one that we were talking about. His name. You oh, the, the guy that's impossible. Uh, oh yes um, Strom 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 Jr it's just missing one vital letter out of it Marvin if you get a if you're uh, Josh Malone 48 camera ram 48 camera ram and and you get a whole bunch of uh, chips in the mail and one of them is bad you might call it a a, a load of roms a, a, a bad rom or a shrom yeah I won't say it <laughs> All right, so out of fourteen, or I'm sorry, nineteen hundred and forty-two. Yep, Captain Commando. Eric, you start us off this time. I'm going to give this one a fourteen oh five. Okay, so higher, higher. Okay. Yep, gave it a little higher. It's more fun. Bottom line is, we play video games to have fun, and this one's more fun to me. I like that. I like that that thought process, Tim. Yeah, I'm on the same level with that one. Um, I'm going to give this a 1400. Um, I have no reason to disagree with you guys. Like everything about the other game is better, but when it comes down to it, I'd play this one again. I would not play Guardian Heroes again. Right. So that's what that's my feeling too. 1411. There you go. So the winner is Captain Commando. That surprises me a little because when I first picked these games, it was a competition between two styles of brawlers. Like one is a more 
tactical RPG fighter-ish one, and one is just a basic prototypical arcade brawler. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's why I wanted to versus these two. And the arcade one, the arcade style one won. Fair, Captain uh, uh, Commando was a like a seventh or eighth effort after Capcom perfected the the genre. Yeah, more or less created it and then perfected it. Whereas Guardian Heroes was Treasure's first attempt at it, and while yeah. they did all kinds of cool stuff, it just ultimately gameplay is king. Yeah, yeah. and I, I've got to ha- hold my hands up to this one. This is a realization for me. Mm-hmm. Is- the brawlers aren't great. No, what? no, no. Oh. no. It's, it's kind of this whole, this whole thing. <laughs> this kind of whole thing of gameplay is king. Now I know we go on about it quite a lot, and I'm more of the this realization of I look sometimes at games from a technical aspect rather than some of the uh, the gameplay elements and actually how much you enjoy the game rather than the technicality of it. And going back to our last episode, our last battle, okay. which is um, what we do, we had Operation Wolf and Nam, 1975. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I went back after the episode and I replayed Nam, 1975. Yeah, and there's a whole lot more to the game. There's yeah. more playability in it and all that sort of stuff. And I found myself thinking I actually scored that incorrectly. I went higher on Operation Wolf, and I, I'm willing to admit I was wrong about that. <laughs> Look at this. Um, yeah. Takes so, a big man, Tim. Takes a big man yeah, to admit when I, he's wrong. I freely admit that, and I, I thought about it. I thought, no, I'm going to replay Nam 1975, and I needed to bring this up. There was another elephant in the room, and that was I think I was wrong about Operation Wolf being the better of the two games. But anyway, that's, that's, in, there the, that's in the past. Right. There we go. Hey. Um, and this is very, very similar. I played both games. I enjoyed um, Guardian Heroes, but I played more of Captain Commando basically because I could just play the game and get through it and have yeah, more fun. fun in the game. Yeah. Yep. So there we go. That was kind of my <laughs> review too, right? I'm like, I want to give Guardian Heroes a better score because yeah. on paper, there's does so many more things that I think are cool and there's so many much, yeah, so much going on. But ultimately, I just had more fun with the other one. Just Exactly. Hitting yeah. B over and over and over again and punching a guy's name's dick in the face. That's Yeah. And, hey, hey, Tim, about Nom 1975, thank you for your courage. Yes. It takes a lot to, for me to admit I'm wrong. No, it doesn't. Hey, I'm wrong all the time. So. <laughs> so there we go. All right, guys. Well, that is oh. January in the books. Yeah. We got in. Woo-hoo. And that is also the last episode with only two digits in yeah. the number. Getting into next, 100. Next episode is 100. We still have no idea. Well, maybe you guys have ideas, but we, we still more or less have no idea what we plan to do. We got to do something out of the ordinary. Yeah. I mean, it's not going to be massive. I don't have time to do anything massive, but um, I have a few ideas. I think that would be fun. Break out of our mold a little bit and... Um, uh, so we'll talk offline about that and figure that out here. But thank you, everybody else, for listening. We actually have done 100 shows because we did an episode zero. Yeah. So thank you for uh, for sticking in there with us for the first 100 shows. And I'm having a blast. I want to keep moving forward. Um, thank you, Eric and Tim, for going on this journey along with me. Thank you. And thank you. Uh, 
even though Tim's only at like 80 shows. (laughs) 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 Something like that. I want to announce that I hate shmups now. Go for it. You can hate whatever you want to hate. I hate him. You're wrong, but you can hate brawlers and I hate shmups and there's a I'm sure there's a legit genre that I enjoy that you can't stand. <clears throat> I think I think episode, <laughs> I think episode one hundred needs to be our confession episode, doesn't it? We need we need to cleanse, <laughs> we need to get it all out. Confessions. <laughs> Pixel Gaiden after dark. <laughs> yeah. Episode one hundred. All right, gentlemen. Okay. Cool. Y'all have a good night and a good morning, respectively. Uh, until February, my birthday month, I will bid y'all adieu. Oh, one last thing. Yeah. We, we ate We ate a lot of, uh, as a family, we ate a lot of Tim's candies that he sent over. Yeah. Uh, all the chocolate was delicious. That little oh, bag of all the like UK sweets. <laughs> oh, my goodness. We Refreshers are terrible. We hate what? them. <laughs> they were not good. I'm sorry. None of us. We refreshers all are, refreshers are awesome. We all split them in by out by color and took turns eating all the same one at the same time. And we all just went, nope, nope, and <laughs> nope. So I don't know if that's just a unique taste to us or what it is. And what was that other one that we had, Tim, that you saw the pictures of that was really. Uh, well, I only got sent that by, by Donna, my wife. Yeah, I, I don't I don't look on Twitter anymore. So you posted that into the into the ether, as far as I'm concerned. Um, oh yeah, yeah, I think it was about the shrimp and bananas. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I I told my daughter about that, like because she, she ate those and she said she liked them. She said yeah. it would just taste like marshmallows. Mm-hmm. She didn't shrimp, taste like shrimp or anything. And bananas, they, they kind of taste like those um, uh, circus peanuts. Yeah, that you sent me, which I hate. Yeah, she liked them, so she she ate them and she was happy with them. I just yeah. thought it was weird that there's shrimp and bananas, and I think it's weird that people are like, "I like the shrimp ones, but not the bananas," when they're both in the same bag and they both taste like each other. Yeah, yeah. That, that's but that's that's just a, a packaging thing. Traditionally, yeah. shrimps and bananas were much bigger than they were in those little packages, um, and they used to be. <clears throat> You wouldn't get it now with health and safety, but if you went into like a, a newsagent's, a newsstand or something like that, and they'd have what's called like pick and mix sweets or penny sweets. So you'd have like a big tray of individual sweets and you'd just go in, get, get a little paper bag, and then you just pick up those sweets and put them yeah. in. And then you'd, the newsagent would then empty the whole bag out, normally onto some dirty old newspaper or something like that, and then count the sweets back in with his filthy hands back into oh. the bag and say, right, yeah, you got 15 pence there or something like that. Oh, I've got 20p. Oh, that means I can get five more sweets. <laughs> But anyway, I'll that's, see how that's, that's different traditionally than... how the shrimps and bananas were sold in the in the penny sweets. So they're kind of like that nostalgia value for us. How's that different than uh, fish and chips in, in parchment paper or newspaper? Yeah, they don't do that anymore. But They don't? They did when I was <laughs> over they, there last time. They still time. do it in paper, but not in like newspaper. Oh, they did. we had it in newspaper last time I was over there. Okay. okay. Oh, you need, to, you need to come over here. Uh, next time you come over here, you need to, we need to take you to a Winco. You'll be very impressed. They have barrels of uh, bulk goods that you can that everyone just sneezes in, digs their hands in, puts it into a package. Now they just weigh it, and you just pay per weight. You don't have a, a guy individually counting them. But right. um, I I don't shop at the Winco. No. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Wonder why? Let me be clear. I don't shop there. <laughs> one one time they were they had a, a display of um, cooking pots with lids on them. 
And I'm not sure why, but we lifted the the lid off of one and there was somebody had eaten like three or four like chicken legs and just thrown the bones in there. So it was just like half eaten chicken in a pot. <laughs> and we're like, Winco. <laughs> anyway, for the win. Oh man. <laughs> All right. Anyways, let's try to end this episode again. Thank you guys for listening. And please, everyone, remember, it's dangerous dangerous to go go alone. Thank you again for listening. You can find episode information and show notes online at pixelguiden.com. Please follow us on Twitter at pixel underscore guiden. And you can also follow Eric at the project. That's D-U-H project. You can also follow Cody on Twitter at Oddball49. That's O-D-D-B-A-1149. You can reach Tim Drew as well on Twitter at Sanction. That's S-A-N-X-I-O-N. If you are interested in supporting the show financially, please join us at our Patreon account. That's patreon.com forward slash pixelguiden. Please leave a review to help get our podcast listed higher up on the show rankings. We would also love to hear from you with any comments or input. So hit us up on our email at podcast at pixelguiden.com.